Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Carrie Stevens, and I am here to conquer the Shout It Out Loud cast. That's right, Tom and Zeus are in big trouble. Bend over, boys. Carrie's taking over. If you people want a little bit of rock and roll! I said if you people want a little bit of rock and roll! Shout it out loud! What's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loud cast. Episode 90, aptly titled Monster. Album review time, Tom. How are you? It's album review time. And uh, contrary to what maybe some people think and maybe what you think, I'm actually excited for this one. And uh, we, we will get into that. Yeah. Uh, other than that, how how you doing? Good. You know, uh, you know, it's the fall here in new England. We love it. Uh, football seasons in full swing here. Patriots had a tough game Celtics playing, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're living the dream right now here in in new England. Yeah. Wonderful time here. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Beautiful. Use the, use a roll of the day, a paintbrush. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, and because of that, we like to run our podcast by always going back to the previous episode and going over our polls that we did for the week. How did we do last week? All right. So we did a Thursday poll. So by the time when we record and when you guys listen, the calendar is all screwed up. But we did a we're recording on Wednesday, the uh, 23rd. We did a poll last Thursday. Just a fun poll. The Thursday polls are fun ones. And um, oh, my God, this one I got. You would have thought I told people I like to kill puppies when I, when my comments on this poll, we just did a dynasty poll. Um, it was a battle between x-ray eyes and magic touch. This is, it was shocking. We got how many votes we got on this. Cause some of these polls, we get, you know, good amount of votes. Other ones, they're like through the roof. This one was a lot. 73% picked magic touch. 27% picked x-ray eyes. I retweeted the, 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 the poll with um, from my personal page and said, I know this isn't a popular opinion, but I think magic touch is one of the weaker songs on dynasty and dynasty is a Mount Rushmore album. P 
people lost their mind. I got like personally assaulted on Twitter for that. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, maybe if it was charisma versus magic touch, or maybe if it was this and that, I'm like, I don't know. I love kiss fans. Cause I love strong opinions, but I thought that was an interesting poll. I can't believe it was that big of a landslide. Yeah. I think 73% of the people might be wrong, but who knows? Ooh. We'll find out when we uh, do the uh, album review of dynasty at some point. Exactly. But, yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a, I thought those were kind of toss up. I'm kind of surprised that is such a blowout. For- especially with, especially with that amount of votes. It was a lot. So that that's what's even made it even more shocking, but yep. Um, and then our episode poll. Uh, so last week we talked about that mini documentary on NBC news from 1977 land of hype and glory. Uh, so we came up with a fun poll um, in the, in the documentary, they show Gene spitting blood and breathing fire, doing all that stuff. So we said, all right, which one of these is cooler? Everybody loves Gene breathing fire. Everybody loves Gene spitting blood. Which one is cooler? This was close. Spitting blood won 53% to 47%. I actually thought the spitting blood would run away with it. Um, so did I. Yeah. So this is much closer. You know, a lot of people had different comments. You know, pe- the fire is a great effect, but for me, the blood drooling fits in perfectly with the demon persona. The whole theatrics when he's alone on the stage doing the bass solo is one of the coolest things. You know, when when you get when you get the fog, you watch those old clips of him just mm-hmm. shaking his head and spitting the blood. Most of the comments were supportive of the blood. Uh, but people love the fire too. So that was a good poll. That was interesting that people kind of split on that. I found the blood. So I got into kiss when I was young. I remember something of the blood and bleeding, but then when I got kiss exposed and I watched the clip of him doing the blood and then the bass. Yeah. And he sips the blood and he starts dripping a little. He sucks it back in. Yeah. 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 And then it just goes nuts. I didn't realize it because then I'm now I'm watching it as like you know I think it was in junior high when I that came out like holy shit that's insane yep. you know the fire breathing not that it's easy but that's like a circus performer can do that yeah exactly this is like unique with the demon is it is it difficult to do what Gene's doing no but it's it's stupidly cool like he said to the guy asking. Why do you vomit blood? <laughs> why do you know? Why do you pretend to vomit blood? <laughs> Who says it's pretend? Exactly. <laughs> 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 so we did get some comments and feedback, Tom, yep. on the episode. And let me read you some of the Facebook comments. Go uh, ahead. Corey Simpson, who I believe it's her boyfriend that watches the show. They're both. That- that- they're both, they're both fans. Yeah, she's the one that sent us an email, I think, about her boyfriend getting her into the show, and now she's hooked. So, yeah. <laughs> Love this post- podcast. Well done. Todd Hughes, another awesome cast, guys. Can you help get the link to the show you reference? I can't seem to find it. If you go to our page, Tom was able to locate and put the link up for you guys. So yes. you can find it on our Facebook page. I think he put it on our Twitter page. I did. And then in addition to that, it's also on Shout It Out Loudcast. So you're just going to have to search for it. But there is a link for it. We did put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Stewart, I remember when it first aired, my brothers and I surrounded our little TV set. And then he went on to tell us that the interviewer is Edwin Newman. He was a major news anchor back in the day, like Dan Rather and Walter Cronkite. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I think we only said that 15 fucking times in the episode <laughs> and in the episode description, but... No problem. We appreciate the feedback, brother. <laughs> Just kidding. Tom, what do you got? 
Uh, before I get into the Twitter feedback, I want to answer um, a comment that we got from somebody about the polls. Somebody on Facebook said, I listen to the show and I hear you guys talk about your polls. Where are they? Unfortunately, we can't do them on Facebook anymore. Facebook's all fucked up with their poll options. So our polls are all on Twitter now. So if you listen to our show and you're a Facebook follower, that's awesome. But create an account and jump on over and follow us and you'll have a great time because that's where all the polls are. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we do get involved in Facebook. Oh, yeah. But, you know, let's be honest. Facebook is kind of like the dinosaurs of social media. And we we do stay active on it because a lot of our listeners are on it. But mo- both me and Tom are way more active on Twitter. Yeah. And um, Twitter is where you would probably find immediate, you know, interaction. Facebook, we put our posts up. And then if we get feedback and something, we'll see something, maybe we'll comment. But, you know, if we have something funny and quick, we're going to put it on Twitter. Chances are. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of funny and quick, we got a couple of comments here from two of our bigger fans with uh, some New England ties. So, yes, they enjoyed the land of hype and glory, but they also enjoyed the Moesha references with (laughs) Fred Cusick. So our buddy Deuce. Growing up in New England and being a huge Bruins fan, I clearly remember Fred Cusick and Johnny Pearson. They were great. I can only imagine Fred doing those cues for Moesha. <laughs> and then our um, buddy, you remember Fred. that? So Fred, of course. Yep. Um, was like a, a local legend during the Bruins game. Johnny Pearson played for the Bruins in like the forties. <laughs> By the time we grew up, I, I would joke to you all the time. Like he was held up with a stick, <laughs> and he'd have like the. He'd be, and then they designate him to like a five minute segment in the game, like Pearson's pointers. Yep. These young kids today need to take a wrist shot, <laughs> not by the slap shot and the curves. They don't need the curves. Like, dude, players are playing with fucking curves on their stick. Okay. <laughs> like, he's, he's bitching that people have curves on their stick. I think it's time to get you off the hair, Johnny Pearson. <laughs> and yeah, and Fred Cusick saying, coming up next. Homeboys from outer space. It's just <laughs> Fred Cusick know. was the absolute. Le- no one got more excited about a Bruins goal than Fred Cusick, oh, and the he best. had these great terms. The big rangy defenseman from Montreal, and then and then when, and then when they brought in Derek Sanderson, yeah, you know, uh, big rain, big. Rain. <laughs> he can't even. We're gonna have to whole do 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 a Bruins Derek episode. Sanderson is the ace Fraley of all sports comedy. <laughs> yes. Fucking guy is legendary Total for being shit. like the biggest drunk. Drunk. He's like the first million dollar athlete in professional sports. Did you know yeah. that? Oh, yeah. He yeah. yeah. Leagues from the yep. NHL and went to the WHL. Yep. He became like the first million dollar athlete. And he was a drunk alcoholic and he blew it all away. Yep. And Bobby Orr went and saved him out of the gutter and stuff and rescued yep. and saved his life. And then they, you know, put him on the Bruins comp, and he was still like, he makes Jack Edwards look look like down calling it down the line. He'd be like, yeah, uh, Wayne Gretzky doesn't show me too much. I'll take Randy Burridge to get a hat trick tonight for the Bruins to win tonight. Like, dude, Randy Burridge got like twelve goals all year. He's not getting a hat trick against the uh, the Oilers in the fucking Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Derek's keys to the game. Yeah, you know, they just, they got to score more goals than the other team tonight. That's the keys. <laughs> oh, oh, it serious. reminds me, and I got to go on a rant here. This is Do for it. our friend, Sonny. Do it. The best was when I watched, it was NFL Countdown when they had Michael Irvin on. 
Oh, God, no. And he would go down the line. And everybody's making their picks. And Tom Jackson. And you're like, well, you know, the defense. And I've always found that that 3-4 defense gives, you know, such and such a trouble. And this and that. They're all breaking down. You know, Michael, who do you got in this game? I don't know. I, I just take the Falcons. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he was probably face down in a bowl of cocaine when he was giving his picks. It's like, what the, what the what did I pay you for? I don't know. I just take the Falcons. I don't know. Dude, <laughs> dude, Derek Sanderson being called the ace really. That's fucking brilliant. That because that's exactly right. Oh like, my God. Yeah. And he's the famous one that made the pass to Bobby Orr. Behind the Sanderson back to Orr. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bobby Orr score and dives on that. He was a rookie of the year. He was like a fucking unbelievable hockey player. He yeah. came out alcoholic. He was like best friends with Joe Namath in the 70s, drinking and shit. And I uh, want to kiss you. <laughs> I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. <laughs> this week in Drunk Sports Legends, <laughs> Ace Frehley coming up, Joe Nath, followed by Derek Sanderson. <laughs> I was a blackout drunk. It's like the dating game. Drunk superstars. <laughs> famous New York. Dr- I'll take famous New York drunks for 100, Alex. <laughs> who is uh Ace Frehley? <laughs> who is his Ken Lin- who is Ken Linsman? <laughs> who- whose nose has quadrupled in size in the last three years? Um, what is uh the spaceman Ace Frehley? Ooh, that's incorrect. That's Tommy Thayer. Oh, uh, who is Ace Frehley? Oh, thank you. Oh God. Got to be careful. Got to get that exactly right, Tom. Oh, Jesus Christ. Then our buddy Heavy Mayo, another New Englander. You couldn't see the game on TV because of the piss-poor reception of the rabbit ears, but I could certainly hear Fred Cusick, best in the biz, and I'm talking WSBK38 pre-Nesson. Yeah, that's it. That's the channel. Our our buddy Uncle Al, I remember that well. What's that? What do you say? Piss? Yeah, he he goes the piss poor reception of the rabbit oh, ears. I thought he was talking about the new guy that does it for Nesson, Jack Edwards, with his piss teeth. <laughs> what his broken piano keys for teeth? His big <laughs> fucking yellow. Calling him piss teeth for years. Like he goggles piss before he does the games because his teeth are so yellow. Jack Edwards doesn't use the piss cup correctly. Fucking drinks out of it. Speaking of piss cups, I miss those discussions. Well, let's have one right now. I can take a piss. I'm not going to leave. There you go. Oh, God. All right. What else you got? Uh, and then, of course, Murph jumps in because Murph's a hometown, a hometown hero talking about the movie loft with Dana Hersey. And then he posts <laughs> he posts a fucking great picture of that. And then back to the episode, Zandon Black says, I've never seen this. At least I don't think so. I will watch it first before I listen. Then he says, I'm going to have to work on my theories about cracking the coming soon codes. And I responded, I said, I make them purposely ridiculous. I don't want anybody to ever guess. I put them on there to fuck with you all. So you're, you're pretty much never going to guess them. But um, they do have something to do with the episode if you look they, back. Absolutely. If you go back and retroactively research the coming soon, they're all connected in some way. Um, yeah. So that's somebody so needs that, to make that their college thesis, Tom. Oh, God. Shout it out loud, cast cryptic coming soon posts. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a couple, uh, a couple emails here. Our friend Sean DeHaan, high five for another great episode. Back in the day of collecting clip tapes, uh, Land of Hype and Glory was always one of my favorite. 
Then he mentions kids or people too in 1980. That was actually the anniversary this past week of Eric Carr being introduced on that. And he mentions Don Kirshner's rock concert, Midnight Special. Then he says, while Tom is capable of some hilarious impersonations, Zeus, do more ace. The impersonation is just beautiful, pure gold. A challenge for you. Do the whole episode <laughs> in the ace voice. <laughs> yeah, I think about five minutes into it, you, Tom in his fucking temper will be like, that's it, enough. No more, I'm fucking cut the shit. Oh, you know me too well. Yep. Uh, then we got a YouTube comment from our friend Marty White. And I don't know who writes these, if it's him or not, but he's fucking brilliant. Th- th- this is just ridiculous. So not a lot of people know this, but Ace's nose was recently <laughs> broken during a drunken brawl with Rachel. Ace drunk a couple of bottles of whiskey, went to Rachel's to try to make amends. She got silly, started yelling. Ace tried to shut her up by giving her a right hook, but in his state, lost his balance and fell flat on his face. He squished his nose. Then he tried to borrow some money from Pandemic Paul to get fixed, but all he did was just tell Ace to put on a mask. <laughs> what the fuck, Marty? <laughs> Every week, Marty's comments are just off the rails more and more. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. But no, it's, people seem to enjoy that episode. The The video was unique, and it's not something that gets a lot of uh, you know discussion, and I sure as hell liked it, too. So Exactly. Yeah. No, I yep. think it's great. Yep. Tom, then there's uh, what's going on in Kiss World. A real quiet week. Um, not a lot going on at all. Ace is, you know, hawking his, his uh, album. It's selling out. Everybody's buying all 92 variants of the colored <laughs> vinyl. Uh, so that's out there. We should create a new segment, you know, this week in Pandemic Paul, because he, he put a, he put himself back in the news. He's yeah. just, what, what was he bitching about that? It's just, he, he's either like writing those inspiration posters for like that you put in your room in the 80s. Yeah. Right. But like or, the cat, like the cat, the cat saying with hanging on the tree, hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> or like the skyscraper and the guy climbing the mountain or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just, oh my god, give it up already, would yeah. you? Yeah. So his silly, his silliness from last week was that he was he was talking about the masks, of course, and he was comparing wearing a mask to stopping at a red light. Yeah. And and I was just glad that for the first time in a long time, a lot of people like Paul. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Uh, just stop. Just stop. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, but he did take time to do something else. Yeah, we had another passing. Um, drummer Lee Kerslake from Uriah Heep and uh, Ozzy Osbourne fame. Rest in peace to Lee. He passed away. And of course, there's nothing wrong with this. We say this every time this happens. Paul gave another heartfelt rest in peace comment, which is lovely. But again, Zeus, what do Not we say? Not reserved We're- for anybody from the Kiss family, only reserved for people outside the Kiss family so that other artists and people can pat Paul on the back and say, oh, what a generous and thoughtful man. What a yep. kind person. Yep. We say, this every t- we say this every time he does a rest in peace. It just... I don't think he, he's not. I don't think he's aware of the fact of how much it highlights the rest in pieces that he's not doing when he does or, these, or an anniversary of somebody's passing that was in the band that he fails to mention, even for to give give lip service for the fans. I still put the effort into it, yeah. Um, but he just can't do it. No, no. In addition to that, you know, it's just one of those things that I just I just wish that. 
he he could go back, reflect, see his actions, and be like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? There's always next time, and let's see what happens. You know, God forbid, hopefully it doesn't happen to any band member soon, but maybe on an anniversary of somebody's passing or something else, or uh, a tribute to somebody that he can recall some of the former members and contributors to Kiss and wish them well and show that the fans that he isn't as heartless as sometimes he seems. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm, you know, sorry if people out there aren't, you know, a big fan of us doing this, but it is, it is news. He's Paul Stanley. He's the star child. So when he, when he speaks, we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about it. So. Yeah. And uh, we talked about Lee when we did our bonus episode of bark, uh, bark at the moment, uh, blizzard of Oz. And you can yep. hear his playing on those two classic, classic Aussie albums. Yeah, and I didn't realize this. He, I guess he was. He, I didn't realize this because I don't know much about him other than you know Blizzard and Uriah Heep. But he was very, very beloved. There was a lot of heartfelt outpouring for him on social media. So that was <laughs> that was nice to see. Uh, I didn't check to see if Ozzy and Sharon said anything. Oh God! Uh, but they they uh, that's like that, that's you fucking rotten hell, you son of a bitch. Fuck you. I don't give a shit trying to take money from me and Ozzy. Fuck you. Probably, um, yeah. John Ryan! <laughs> yeah. I, I just—they're funny because it's so cool that Sharon loves Paul. The two of them, interesting. Like, I think they run their businesses very similar, exactly. And, like, and then Stewart hates both, like the Aussie Sharon Paul Gene Camps, and is always on the other side. So you yep. know he's promoting as soon as Lee Kerslake died. Like, oh, what is Ozzy? Oh, he's the one that Ozzy st- like has to give the digs into Sharon and Ozzy, just yep. as he does to Gene and Paul about kiss stuff. He oh, can't definitely help himself. That's right. Fucking That's right. Stewart. Stewart. Ugh. Um, he's been he's been quiet a lot lately. He's yeah, really not okay. doing much. Exactly. He's fucking buying some mandals. Gene said hello to fake Peter Chris on Twitter. Hi, Peter. And Peter, that guy that runs it, I know because I interacted him a while back. And he even the guy, whoever does it, it says on the bio on Twitter, unofficial account of Peter Chris. Yep. It's not Peter Chris. And he no. even said it. You know, this isn't Peter. I'm like, yeah, I know. I can tell. Other people are like, wow, this is the thawing out. Oh, my God. This is great. Uh, it's not Peter. So that part sucks. However, it's still Gene thought it was Peter. Gene still initiated it. Gene still said, hi, Peter. Would Paul have done that? Very interesting. I said the same thing. We know. Yeah, we know that that's not Peter's uh, Peter behind that page. But you're right. Gene acknowledging that and being like, hey, Peter, even if it was just kind of tongue in cheek, the fact that he's acknowledging everyone. But and then, of course, the whole kiss universe is like, oh, what does this mean? I'm sorry. It means nothing because it's not yeah. real Peter's page, but it was still cool to see. Yeah. In the end. Gene is the brand. Paul is the band. Yep. Peter ain't touching the band. Unless Paul agrees with anything. Maybe Gene is just putting out feelers and being like, hey, since we have this time off, you know what? We're thinking, I don't know if we're going to end like this, but maybe if you start working on a few things, Peter, we can see where we're at. We have a couple ideas. We've been brainstorming. Why don't you come in and talk to us and, uh, you know, we can plan for something. I think they have Ace in the bag. Ace will go along with anything. 
Oh, Ace um, will do Ace will do anything they yeah, ask. He can tell he's a tough guy, right. but he's taking it and jumping on. Absolutely. Um, yep. You'll have to pay him, and they will, and they're not stupid. They're gonna pay him. They're not gonna be like, you know, fuck him. We're not gonna pay him because we'll lose face. They don't no way. If the money is right, they are like the Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon it will get sued by all these wrestlers like Hulk Hogan and get into fights with them. And then you know what? I can make money. I'm bringing Hulk Hogan back. He doesn't give a fuck. Of course, is the same way. How many times did he work again back with Vinny after all this shit? He brought him back. So the, well, he, will, he will work with them, but there'll be a price. And if the price is right, Ace, again, I don't worry about Ace coming back, especially since and we'll get to that. The, the basket case is gone. But um, I, I feel Peter is the one because of availability, like his, he just doesn't have it. Let's be blunt, right? And yeah. his stubbornness. I think Peter's kind of okay with, you know, laying low. And if he needs a little money, maybe he'll do a signing here and there. And he's okay with that. So they got to get Peter on first. And they ain't got to pay him what they pay Ace. But, you know, they got to get him on. Plus, Gene likes Ace. Like, Gene gets a kick out of Ace. He knows he, he, no, he, but he also likes Peter. Remember, no, no, I know that. Those are the two that room together. No, I know Ace are very I mean Peter and Gene We talked about it when we did our review uh, Wink wink uh, Of the uh, Kiss Second Coming Yep When they were talking about getting the band back together And then Gene and, and Peter were talking They were the old roommates And they had a lot more in common than the other guys did Yeah Paul Paul has no use for, for Ace or Peter If, if it happens it's going to have to be Gene oh, He has less use for Peter than Ace No I know but if anything happens It's going to have to be Gene coercing Paul Into going on to something Because Gene he likes those guys Paul's, Paul at his age now he's like No uh, no 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 But we'll, yeah. we could save that for a whole other friggin story Yeah and then just real quickly the, uh, the basket case that was Ace's former girlfriend is Non-stop on Facebook it doesn't end. I'm not going to repeat her allegations, but she's out there, you know, either begging for money and acting like, yep, acting like she's, you know, like uh, an invalid, like she's a two year old child left on the doorsteps uh, of, uh, I don't know, Beirut during yeah. the 1980s. Like, relax, woman. There are shelters and stuff in place for you, but it is, it is ridiculous. And it's pretty bad. Facts, about they better pay me money or this that's called extortion or I'm going to talk. You can't, you can't do that. Like she doesn't get this shit. Well, you can't can't do that. If you're a normal, fully functioning human being, she's a psycho and a lunatic and and everybody knows that. So everyone's like calling her bluff, like go ahead, fucking sue sue everybody, make up whatever you want. You're, you're insane. Yeah. Have some self-respect. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. 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 Have yeah. some self-respect, right? Right. Jesus Christ! Right. Oh, I was with him on Ace, and I took care. Well, you don't now. You're not with him. Yeah. So fuck. It's you. over. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Anyways, that was that. That was yep. on another pleasant note. <laughs> you know, and when you think of uh, Ace and Rachel getting together, Tom, does that? <laughs> God. <laughs> when I think of that, I don't know if I want to go to. I don't know if I want to shop here, but. <laughs> When you think of vibrators in Ace, when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. I don't know. Maybe what maybe this. I, I think I think Adam and Eve maybe sells blindfolds, so maybe we can just use that. But 
Adam and Eve, as always, because free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Use promo code LOUDCAST at checkout. Get 10 tantalizing free gifts. Sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you will both enjoy, and the six free spicy movies and free shipping. Promo code LOUDCAST at adamandeve.com. Let's go. Monster time, baby. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah, Tom, so we are doing Monster, the 20th studio album from KISS. We are, yep, and uh, this is going to be interesting because I think a lot of people have their opinions. I know we've hinted at this album throughout the uh, Shout It Out Loudcast uh, podcast life here, so there's going to be some interesting discussion here. This is This is going to be a little bit better than I maybe previously thought it was going to be. Yeah, so Monster is the last Kiss CD, last CD. I'm I'm so used to saying CD yeah. uh, album that was released by Kiss, uh, released October 9th, two thousand and twelve. It was recorded at Conway Recording Studios, Hollywood, California, in the Nook Studio City, Los Angeles, California. Produced by Paul Stanley and Greg Collins. So that's the same duo that did the previous album, Sonic Boom. So they decided to keep that. I think that guy, Greg Collins, owns that Nook studio in L.A. And he's done, like, work with U2, Gwen Stefani, won like a Grammy with them. I don't know. I never heard of him, but maybe you have. Nope. I don't know anything about him other than his um, his business with Kiss. So before we get into that part of it, uh, we usually just talk about the album and how we got to know it. And if you can think that far back, Tom, what is your first interaction with Monster? Yeah, it's funny. This is the most recent album, and it's probably (laughs) I'm not really attached to it in any way because I bought it when it came out because 
like a Kiss fan, it's a reflex purchase. You know, it's like, oh, Kiss album must buy. I bought it. Me and you are going to be talking about uh, what we got, the limited deluxe edition, which was the CD, which included the 64-page magazine booklet, which is awesome. But yeah, I don't really have any... This is probably the least attached to a Kiss album that I am. And we're going to talk about that when we get into what we think of the album and the songs. But yeah, like I said, I bought it and I listened to it and I own it. That's pretty much about it. There's really no memories or any stories behind it. That's also because it's so it's only what eight years old. Yeah, Uh, I'm like you. Same thing came out. I went, bought it, played it. Hell or Hallelujah, the single came out a while before. And I was like, holy shit, this fucking rocks. Yep. I'm like, I can't wait to fucking get this out. Came out, bought it, played it. I'm like, okay, I, you know, maybe I'll like this. I should play it a little more. I played it a little more. Like, yeah, I, I think I'll like it. Maybe I need to play it a little more. I yep. played it a little more. I think I should like it. I need to play it a little more. And then I'm like, I'm not fucking playing this anymore. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I felt because it's Kiss, you're like, Oh, yeah, new Kiss album. Oh, this is going to be great. Oh, fucking great. Yeah, this isn't great. And, and then you're like, let me listen to it again. And be like, ah, let me try this again. It's like, so, but but I'm excited to talk about wh- where I am now as opposed to yeah. uh, in comparison to where we were. So before we get into the a- album, I want to talk about the album cover. Yes. Is what we normally do. What are your thoughts? Not good <laughs> at all. Um, I think just a, to, to me, huge missed opportunity for the band. When you have a, when you have an album titled monster and you're, you're known for unbelievably awesome covers, artwork, imagery, you come up with this. This is just a, this is like a throwaway from a photo shoot. Gene's not even looking at the camera. He's got, he's sideways. And if I can just be completely honest, nobody's a bigger Gene fan than me. His monster costume is horrible it is awful his costume um paul is you know just reaching out towards the camera tommy i think has his hand in his pockets it looks like in the picture yeah um <laughs> I think he's playing some pocket pool right and then pete and then uh ooh, freudian slip right there you said peter and that's well and, and and the reason why i said peter is because eric on his vest has the cat that is from the rock and roll over album cover. Now we're not fake freely cheater crisp people, but that's a fucking ballsy move. I think right there, but you know, a lot of people might say that terrible wig on. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Like his face. I will give him credit. Does not look that fat. Like he doesn't have that chubby fucking Phil Kessel look on his face. No, but he but it just looks. He, we've said this before. He just looks weird with the cat makeup. Peter had his hair parted in the middle, feathered back. Yep. This it, it just looks like looks like and and, and w- along with Paul's, who looks like fucking the wig that Jan Brady bought when she wanted to change her style. Oh, uh, yep. The, the wigs just look stupid. They they just do. Tommy's yeah. the only one who looks cool. You don't even get the best part of Gene because he's sideways. I mean, I get the tongue. It looks pretty badass a little. But, you know, Gene, Paul's always got to be, I'm reaching out. And why is he always got to be clutching on to one of the band members? It's like yeah. clutching on to Peter's asshole. <laughs> fucking harder than hell. Harder than hell. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it, dude, 
where's the like is there an ounce of a bicep there on fucking on Eric Singer there? Oh dude, he is definitely what is the bicep I've ever seen. He is he is not doing curls. He's not he skipped arm day at the gym because if you're gonna yeah. sit there with your arm up making a fist, you should have a little bit of pipes going on there. I mean you gotta cover yeah. it up with your little fancy spider web thing there, but <laughs> that is not what you would call a, <laughs> a masculine man. He's not what you would call a masculine boy. And I hope that their first child be a masculine child. I hope your first child is a masculine child. <laughs> and it does not wear stupid wigs and make fists on album covers with no muscles. Yeah, it's just uh, a missed opportunity. Like I said, with Monster, I mean, you, you could have done so many cool, creative things with an album cover and with that title. But, you know, they just I'm thinking of something like the fucking awful Asia album. Monster. Yes, exactly. With like yep. fucking like things and kisses fighting them. And like with the mask and stuff, like like a cartoon, like something crazy like that. Monster. Or I'm like, thinking of like or I'm or, or I'm thinking of something like a four-headed monster in each head, a character of, of the in the band. Something yeah, like that. Like they're opening up something and like it's coming out. Like this yeah. monster's been and it's kiss. Yep. What the fuck is this? You know what this looks like? This looks like a this looks like a something from like one of those backstage like photo shoots before you know, uh, somebody it's, shows up to this is them photo shoot, and they just put the cover of a photo shoot in the phone. Oh, yeah. That's- yeah. Yeah. Because when you open up the booklet, there's another version of them. It's the same thing from the same photo shoot. Yeah. It's, it, it's the like the lithogram one where the cover is. So it moves. Oh, yeah. Yep. The, oh, the lenticular cover. Yes. Yes. Is that how you call it? I call yes. It a lithogram. I don't know. A, I don't know. You say five, two, three, four. <laughs> So I have this, Tom, and it comes off. Okay. You have this. Yep. So the front part comes off. Yeah, and then on the inside, you got the lyrics. You got the star child in his vest. Gene with the fingers up. That's a pretty good shot. He looks pretty badass. I don't know what the other stuff is. Gene looked like he's going to eat fucking Eric in this group photo. Yeah. In the middle, right? Uh, yeah. Tommy looks normal. He looks good as the spaceman. He, I mean, he doesn't look like Ace, which is like an, you know, an ugly person with with paint on his face. No, he looks he good. Looks, and then Eric just looks like his face doesn't look bad as it has in the past, but his wig is just horrible. Yeah, it's so oh. bad. It's just bad. Poor guy. Poor guy, but yeah, that's the that's the album cover. I'll be interested to see what you guys think of that. I'm going to be interested to see what a lot of people think about this entire album, not just the cover, but we'll get into that. It's just a very big missed opportunity. Totally, right? absolutely. It's it's a horrible missed opportunity, and you would think that they would know better. And I don't want to be that person. And I know that there's been you know we talk about things the way we honestly feel about this band because that's the kind of show this is. It, it and I hate to use this word because it's accusatory. It, it just comes across as lazy. It just comes across as lazy, and there's no really other way to explain it. Yeah, and it, you know, Paul is not on the cover. Like Paul's in good shape. Yep. Why isn't he? Like, why is he hide? That's that's like 
half of our podcast brethren when we take a group photo hiding behind behind each other's fat asses. Like, <laughs> fuck, you get in front. No, you get in front. Like, why, Paul? You're in, like great shape. Why are you hiding in the back? Yep. Maybe he's like, I don't know. I'm a little bit fat in the ass. I don't know. Why? Why is he hiding? I don't know. I don't look that appetizing, though. I'm a little fat in the ass. And, and, and again, again, when you look through the booklet and the, fo- the the whole the whole photo shoot is awkward. You know, there's a picture. There's you know, Eric's pretending to punch Gene in the face. You know, and then there's another picture of him trying to punch him even harder in the face. It's like, what are you doing? Hey, Tommy, come here, please take take dictation, <laughs> dear Mister Singer. You are hereby fired. Never pose an angry fist in my face again. We wish you good in all your future endeavors. Signed, Gene Simmons. From Kiss. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh. A- anything, el- anything else, Mr. Simmons? That'll be all, Tommy. God. You're being mean. Um, now you're being mean. Oh. oh. Anyway, so let's get back to the album. Okay. So we talked about where it was recorded, yep. produced. There is a lot of facts about this album, and it's interesting that the album is called Monster. You know, simply because there's so many albums other than this. Like, I think of R.E.M.'s Monster album and anything else, and you're setting yourself up if you're Kiss naming your album Monster. And they also just released the Monster book right Mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. And I think, again... This is their tie-in, just like they fucked up the reunion album by saying, hey, let's tie it into a Psycho Circus theme. They tied in this last album with that stupid fucking $4,200 book called Monster. So let's name the album after that, too, to bring more attention to it. Come on, guys. No, it's true. I mean, you know, I, I I don't understand why they why they're doing what they're doing. But again, it all comes back to the, like you said, the connection, the marketing, you know, the product placement, you know, the psycho circus, the monster. They're all they're all you know. Sonic Boom kind of stands on its own. You know, that's really not connected to anything. We'll get to that when we do that album review. But you're right, yeah. monster and psycho circus are kind of they kind of deal with that same thing. So a couple other interesting little tidbits. I've always had the monster CD. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have too, but Tom, you had the limited deluxe edition CD exclusive, and you also had the iTunes version. So flashback to the episode that we did with Stephen Michael from Growing Up Rock, mm-hmm. where we talked about the last song of each album, the best ones. Yep. And I remember when you're like, oh, right here, right now. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yep. I'm like, that's not the last song on this album. And you're that's like, yes, it is. That's because of the like, time. What are you talking about? That's last chances. Because I didn't it, have that version. You yeah, did. It had, it, had, it, had, it had been so long since I had listened to the CD that all I was listening to was the version on my phone from iTunes, which is that the, that special edition that includes that, that, that bonus song of right here, right now. So for me, that's all I know is the last song. Which is what I wanted to bring up. Go ahead. So the iTunes edition of this album has the extra song right here, right now. Mm-hmm. The album, regular album, you buy the CD is 12 songs. Ends with Last Chance. In addition to that, 
they released a limited deluxe edition of Monster, which includes this little magazine part, which is effing awesome, if you ask me. Absolutely. I never had this, but I knew that Monster was coming up right after we did the last album review. And so I went and got this, Tom. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had bought this a long time ago. This little booklet is incredible. It's got a lot of facts, a lot of interesting stuff on it. The pictures are fantastic. And we're going to go through this as we talk about this album. Uh, They have track by track uh, breakdown. They have, I mean, there's a table of contents in this thing for fucking Christ's sakes, right? Yep. In addition to this, because I am such over the top completionist when it comes to their music, not fucking vinyls, music. I wanted to get right here, right now on CD. How do I get it? Well, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, I can get, wait a minute, there's another version. The Japanese version has the additional bonus track of King of the Nighttime World Live. That is so random. First of all, yeah, it's so random. (laughs) Where did that come? I love that song. You know I love that song. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that'd be great. That's a nice thing to have. But I don't want that. I want to get the one with right here, right now. And so I'm like, oh, now I'm going to have to buy four, four editions of this. But instead... I got the Japanese Japan tour edition of the monster CD. Mm-hmm. I got this on eBay. It's a little more than I wanted to pay, but I got it. And on it, it has the first, the, the real monster album, the 12 songs. And then on the first, there's two CDs on the first CDs. Then track 13 is King of the nighttime world. So you're like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. And then they have a second CD, which is basically a bonus greatest hits CD, Tom. Yep. In addition to the greatest hits CD, the 13th song on that, I believe, is um, the track that we talked about. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. So on the bonus edition, it starts off with number one, the first song on the special, um, like, uh, greatest hits one, Psycho Circus, the first song. <laughs> ah, yeah. Shout it out loud. Let me go rock and roll. I love it loud. Heaven's on fire. Calling Dr. Love. Say yeah. God of Thunder. Lick it up. Love Gun. Black Diamond. Detroit Rock City. I was made for loving you. Rock and roll night, and then again, actually, there's 15 songs right here, right now. Now, if you hear that, um, these songs, Tom, what comes to mind to you when you just heard all those songs I just named off that greatest hits part to this second album? It sounds like uh, the set list that they're doing right now, pretty much. Thank you. That is their set list. Yeah, exactly. What is in that? What is with on this album that is not played live right now? Again, Psycho Circus, shout it out loud. Let me go rock and roll. Love it loud. Heaven's on fire. Calling Dr. Love. Say yeah. God of Thunder. Lick it up. Love Gun. Black Diamond. Detroit Rock City. I was made for loving you. Rock and roll all night. That's the set list. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, all those songs. Huh? All those, yeah. Oh, no. That's the set list. Yeah. 2012, this came out. Yep. So Imagine basically, that. they've been playing this 
for eight years. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And it's oh, funny. So, my so God. So you just covered all the cool different variations of this of the CD version. Okay. Now I'm a now I'm a vinyl geek, so I have Monster on vinyl. And people that collect vinyl know that usually when you get a vinyl, there might be a variation or or even if there's only one version of the vinyl, there might be something cool with it. Maybe it's a colored vinyl or maybe there's some kind of special insert or collection, whatever, blah, blah. I have the vinyl. There's nothing in there. Nothing. Not even the record sleeve. It's a piece of clear plastic. There's no lyrics. There's no pictures. There's nothing in the vinyl. So if you think they went lazy on the album cover for this, they went even lazier on the vinyl. There's nothing. And everybody who knows Kiss knows that Kiss always puts something in their vinyl, even for a reissue or remaster. The monster vinyl's got nothing in it. So that was definitely a throwaway for them when they put the vinyl together for Monster. Before we get into what we thought about the albums, because of the breakdown and the interviews they were doing, and it's you know it's modern times. It's not from the seventies. This is their last album. There's a lot more comments from the band about this release. What did you see that was interesting? So Paul said um, in in a video on on YouTube back in 2012, and we all know everybody who follows Kiss and who follows Paul, he gets very hyperbolic, borderline cliche with some of his his you know talking about his products, which that's fine. You got to sell it. You got to market yourself. Um, So he says, listening to the tracks back to back is like sensory overload. Everyone who has heard any of it is completely blown away. Powerful, heavy, melodic, and epic. It makes us very proud. You all will be too. Paul, fucking relax. Didn't he say that in his book about the elder? He says it about every album. No, but like, oh, no, you got to come to my house. Sit down. No, no. You got to put on your headphones and just listen to this. Yep. Like, yep. And then he laughed about himself, how he sounded. Yep. I wonder what he would oh. say now if people said, this is what you said about Monster. You know, the, the, the one that you don't even play any songs on? Uh, you know what's funny? I was just about to say save it, but we're recording now, so don't save anything. We're Let so it all out. Save it. Yeah, I know. Uh, so then we got Gene Simmons, who had some classic Simmons quotes. And this is fucking great. Gene said, meat and potatoes. You know it's going to be like Santa Claus. Up and down, everybody gets used to this and that, and things change, and fashion changes. But it's good to know that Santa comes, and he's not going to change his outfit, and you know what you're going to get. Gifts. Consistency of message. Gene, what the fuck is that? You started with meat and potatoes, and then you talk about Santa. Like, I get what you're trying to say, but that's horrible. And it's also another way to him to keep saying, yeah, people want the consistency. Therefore, we're not changing the characters. Right. But um, then, he, then he adds another, yeah. fu- another, another funny one. Uh, because the band, you know, getting kind of getting into some production along with some quotes, you know, the band used all old analog equipment instead of uh, what what everybody was doing was di- with digital recording gear. So in justifying this, Gene said, technology is a seductive bitch. She will seduce you. You press this button. You don't have to do anything. But analog is the love of your life. You can push real hard and it always gives back for the new album. The actual recording process was 24 track tape and an old trident board whatever the fuck that is and as many tubes as possible you need tubes electricity and thick wood to make that thick sound like as newman would say it's the wood that makes it good (laughs) (laughs) 
And then Paul had more quotes on VH1. He said, Monster is the culmination of everything this band has been in the past and where we're going. When we did Sonic Boom, it was a big task for us because we were saying, how do we define who we are today without losing who we've been? So that was a tall order for us. But once we got that under our belts, we wanted to go back in and Monster is far, far beyond anything we've done in, in terms of Sonic Boom. And yet it's right up there with some of the best stuff we've done. It's Kiss. oh talk about setting yourself up go ahead god go ahead yeah i know and then gene at one point called it the combo revenge destroyer and sonic boom that's absurd i see some parts of what they they tried to sound like that but tommy called it heavier it also includes no symphony orchestras, no boys' choirs, no strings, no synthesizers, no acoustic guitars, no piano, said Simmons, just guitars and drums. <clears throat> well, except the piano on Freak. Um, right? Now, now, when I re- now, real quick, when I, when I read that, it's almost like, okay, so are you, like, mocking what you've done in the past? Like, why you, bra- you just did because you got backlash for right. doing Kiss Alive 4? Right, but it, but it's again, it's more Kiss revisionist history. They like shitting on themselves, like no symphony orchestra, no strings. Okay, but you did that, and we liked it. So why are you shitting on it now? Why are you trying to tell us that uh, Great Expectations was a good enough song that you should put it on live albums now? Right, just put a string chorus in Boys Choir on it. But now you're just bragging that, that on your live album. Right. And now you're bragging that that's not on here. So is that is Destroyer a bad album now or is Monster a good? Al- I don't know. Twelve tracks, no co-writers or studio musicians outside the band. Again, except for the piano on Freak. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know what to start with, Tom, on that. The hype that they gave this album brutal is ridiculous i've never Are seen anything like it me? guys it gets worse yep. so we're gonna go through some of the stuff from the monster limited deluxe edition uh magazine here which is fucking awesome but it's also like what were they thinking talking like this mm-hmm. go ahead um they talking about we're not cartoon characters stanley we're real people who spent 40 years doing what we believe in The makeup under these personas are part of what we are, but underneath, we're actual human beings. Okay, thanks. What does that mean? Like, you try to keep saying that, no, he's the spaceman. He's the cat man. That's not Tommy Thayer. That's not him. We're not cartoon characters. Um, Buy our new video, Scooby-Doo and Kiss. (laughs) Well, not to mention, too, this is so funny reading this as as compared to what they said in last week's episode in Land of Hype and Glory. What what, what was Gene saying? We're fantasy live on stage. You don't see see us without our makeup. We're we're living, breathing fantasy. Now it's like, we're real human beings under this makeup that we wear. Yep. Arguably, we are the four most recognizable faces on planet Earth. Gene Simmons said in a recent interview, fans know those four faces more than who's on Mount Rushmore. Oh, oh boy. (sighs) Yeah, it gets worse. Keep going. This gets worse. Yeah. We were able to bring all our roots and influence into the mix and make it something that goes beyond just making another Kiss album. Longtime guitarist and vocalist Tommy Thayer said, 
there aren't many bands today who can make a true rootsy rock record like this. I wasn't interested in making just a great Kiss album, explained Stanley. I wanted to make a great rock album that could live with the bands we loved and the reason we got into music the first place. We already knew we could make a great record, Thayer's added. This was like upping the ante and taking it to a whole other level. We're talking about Monster, right? They're not talking about something else they haven't released. Right? Am I wrong? No, but the, just real, let me jump in real quick. One of the problems with this is, and we'll, if we haven't mentioned this already, we will, is that this is a Paul production, which means it's another insulated environment of Kiss putting something together. So it's an echo chamber. Of course, they're going to tell you it's awesome because no one's telling them that it's not. So go ahead. Perfectly said, Tom. Yep. You're absolutely right. I also feel this is still 2012. Mm -hmm. So this isn't really Paul needing backup or his surgery really affecting his voice that bad yet. It's getting there, but it's not there yet. So they can still be kind of boastful because earlier today I sent you that video uh, that we watched on YouTube where they're still, uh, they were, they were talking about this release and Paul and Gene were bragging about, oh like, God, yeah. Oh, you know, if you can't sing and dance and you complain how hard it is, it's probably because you can't sing. Yep. It ain't because you can't dance. Yeah. Watch yourself, Paul. Yeah. Tape, and then he goes vi video, on about, videotape lives forever. Yeah. And then he goes on about, like, we're up there. It's just us. There's no machines. There's nothing back there. Uh huh. Yikes. Uh huh. Yep. Um, then they talk about, the best thing we did was turn inwards to ourselves, Simmons explained. Tommy and Eric have revitalized the group with a work ethic and talent to back it up. This is a real band effort. Kiss has become a behemoth. We're going where no rock group has gone before. Dude, they need, they, they need somebody to be like, Paul, no. Did they just do Tommy or Quadrophenia or like... Just do physical graffiti? Did they? Just, what did they just release? No, they released Monster or the Wall or no, no, like it's Monster. Epic or like, like beyond, like critics things, something like Dark Side of the Moon or something. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, I get no. no. <laughs> uh, but you know, I like the part Gene's talking about. This we turned inwards. It's just us. Tommy and Eric revitalized the group. That's a slap to the other guys. I agree with that. We have revitalized the band. Oh, that's absolutely. See, we're going where no rock group has gone before. What are you doing? You're right. You're making a fucking rock album. <laughs> what did you do? What do you? What? What? Like you said, this isn't physical graffiti. This isn't Pink Floyd, The Wall. This isn't like, you know, some like Queen, like some uh, some some unbelievable. Miseducational Lauren, uh, what's her face there? Yeah, yeah, Miseducational Lauren Hill. Some, yeah, some like, like critics some, are like, this is one of the greatest things we've heard in years. Right. Yeah, this isn't like Purple Rain or something. This is fucking monster. <laughs> fine. Slowed a, out. Yeah. A genre changing album that drops and changes the landscape. Not to mention, <laughs> with all due respect, it's 2012. No one's paying attention to Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The result was an album that all four musicians agree is among the very best 
that Kiss has ever recorded. Stop. Forget about whether or not Monster is a great Kiss album. Nobody has made a record like this in decades. <laughs> Stanley mused. This isn't just classic Kiss. It's classic rock. Now, we have heard Paul Stanley and Gene make comments before. Uh, this is uh, like this is one of those write it down and be like to come back to some point. Nobody has made a record like this in decades. See, I'm so glad you feel this way because as I'm reading this book and, and this come and we say this every week, we have a Kiss podcast with diehard fans. I was literally cringing for my life as I'm reading this, and I and like I've already said, this is what happens when you are surrounded by yes men. You're not, you don't have anybody else coming in there saying, Paul, let's back up a little bit here. Let's, let's, let's kind of reassess where we are here. This isn't them. You know, I could see them and this might be over the top. If this was written and I'm reading the insert of a deluxe edition of kiss alive. Absolutely. Of course. Right? Yeah. 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 It's say nobody made a record like this, or this is a great kiss album. This is a great rock album. Something like that. These accolades could be for kiss alive. Your greatest, you know, uh, critically acclaimed ever album that you've ever done. Right. Dude, right. what the fuck are we talking about here? Are we talking about monster again? Mm. Yep. Yep. Ah, and at this point in the band's career, kiss is making music for themselves. And for their fans, but no one else. Critics, be damned. <laughs> Again, what are you trying to say? Come on. We offer authenticity to be real, Simmons said. We're not karaoke singers. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> we both <laughs> said that. Oh, the Kiss Army is ruthless. They will skewer us. If we put out records that disappoint them And rightly so We pushed ourselves on this record To make just not ourselves proud But our fans proud I want you I want them to be able to hold their heads up high Hey you want to talk about a great rock band Put this on And listen to it Oh boy No Put this on and hope that rock and roll over is in here instead. <laughs> hope um, it's a hidden tr- another extra hidden track. Our philosophy is this. Every show, every day, every song must be treated as the only chance you'll ever get. And that's it. And oh, then it gets Simmons, worse. Yeah, Simmons continued. We've always tried to shake the heavens and do something big. We were always... <laughs> I'm always swinging for the fences. I was just going to say that. (laughs) What the fuck are we doing? We we always try to swing and hit a home run every time out. If you're going to win, win big. If you're going to lose, lose big and gloriously. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, like you said, now the problem with this, like you said, is that this would have made sense if this is a retrospective booklet, like for a book for like a live or destroyer or whatever, whatever album you want to call it creatures of the night, but this is a booklet that, so you, so you buy the CD that it comes out, you buy it, you take the CD out and you're reading the book. So you're reading this before you even heard the record. So they're setting themselves up so high for disappointment from the listener. Why would you do that? 
I mean, I understand you want to brag and boast and market your product, but dude, nobody's made an album like this in decades. And then the guy puts on Eat Your Heart Out. What the fuck is this? Stop it. We're going to get to that. (laughs) So then this, I mean, again, this deluxe edition is fantastic. So then they open up this great picture of the band uh, from the same photo shoot. They have a little part here that says, what's your favorite song to play live? What do they, how do they answer, Tom? Gene says, Deuce. Paul says, Detroit Rock City and Rock and Roll All Night. Tommy says, Strutter, Black Diamond, and Like a Good Soldier, Hello Hallelujah. They haven't even fucking played it yet. Yep. And then Eric says, Do You Love Me in Black Diamond? Uh, Eric is obviously, I like that there's something different. That G- uh, Gene, we know he loves Deuce. Of course. Yeah, Paul yeah. gives the cliches, the opening, closing track. Yep. Tommy's is Hell or Hallelujah. They haven't even played it live yet. You just fucking, you're putting out the album for this song. Yep. Oh, my God. Then there's um, a little chat here with Greg Collins, answers and questions. There's another section to this, then. It goes, Kiss by the Numbers. You know, 100 million albums sold uh, worldwide. 100% of the shows sold out on 2012's The Tour, co-headline with Motley Crue. And Mm -hmm. just a bunch of numbers, 28 gold albums and stuff. Then there's a nice section here about supporting the troops. A couple pages on that. Remember, this is 2012. The band was really involved and in doing a lot of military support. Yep. And then they have a like a Q&A part here. First is with Gene Simmons. From Kiss. I hope the best records we put out are the last ones we put out. We don't see the end coming anytime soon. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, <laughs> All right, love gun. <laughs> oh, uh, then, you know, there's parts of what motivated you to make a monster. This line, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's some good stuff in here. Yeah. But there's another little section here in the question and answers that I like on the left-hand side. There's like some facts, birth name, nickname. What do you play? First album, first concert, fa- favorite monster track. He says what? Wall of sound. Yeah, right. Um, Ouch. That's gene stuff. Then he gets to a part where it says kiss country. It has a map of the U.S. and some like pl- little marks on the, like, the map. And he gives a little segment about each part. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Stanley's got a little Q&A here going. I never wanted to be kissed just to be a rock band. I wanted to be a phenomenon. Rock bands make music, but phenomenons impact society. Oh boy! Wear your mask. Yeah. <laughs> the first, the first question here in this Paul Stanley Q and A is so indicative. Go, go ahead; it's uh, it's it's very interesting. Oh. What is it meant for you to produce these last two albums? Democracy is highly overrated in a band. Everybody can be in the same car, but somebody's got to drive. We're all going to the same place, but that takes everybody surrendering control, having faith in you and maintaining a team spirit. Everybody put forth their best effort from pre-production to the studio and only fortified everybody's confidence in me. I had a very clear vision of what this album could and should be. Sonic Boom provided the foundation for Monster, but this one's in a whole different league. Translation, no one was going to fucking tell me to do how to do anything with this album. I did the whole fucking thing myself. Yeah, you want it? You want another fucking album? I control it, Gene. Bingo. All, yep. no problem. 
can you please sign off on these 15 new licensing agreements I have with fucking Hello Kitty? And help me with this 9,000-pound book we're going to sell to three people? <laughs> and then Paul has his section with, like, the like the facts about him, birth name, nickname, and all that stuff. Yep. This is, this is Paul Stanley at, like... Oh, it's, <sighs> it's beautiful. Favorite monster tracks, Tom? All 12 of them. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I produced it, so all of them are fantastic. <laughs> the greatest songs of ever that ever been written of all time. So, oh, moving on. Hold on, hold on, hold on because because then they, they for each of these each of the members they have a did you know section. Okay. Did you know Paul once starred in the title role of Phantom of the Opera? Because he's a Renaissance man, right, Zeus? <laughs> Let, let's think about this. Do you honestly believe that Paul didn't say? Put that in there about me. Oh, of course he did. You shitting me. <laughs> and you know, he spent weeks trying to figure out, Oh, I know what my first record is in my first concert, but what, what would be the, what would be the right answer to make me look just worldly? My first record. Yeah. It was the Everly brothers. My first concert was the Yardbirds with Jimmy page. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's gotta be critically acclaimed. Right. Uh, you, like, it'd be, was, it'd be, you know, be, be great. If you said my first rock concert was, I saw the fat boys in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> you know, jeans was he was a sixth grade teacher. He's not bragging about it. It's just a, un, it's kind of a quirky fact about him. Yeah, yeah. Paul's yeah. like I was in, I was in the Phantom of the Opera. Ooh. <sighs> so the next segment is an advertisement for the Casablanca singles box set, which is always pretty cool. That's fucking. Then awesome, they come guys. to Eric Singer's Q and A. If you told me when I was young that I was going to end up in Kiss, I never would have believed it. Oh, look at that fucking wig. <laughs> I just, and then they get to his little Q and a, I like his favorite monster tracks right here, right now. And the devil is me, which isn't even one of the tracks isn't even in the album. That is interesting. Yeah. Right here, right now is a bonus track, but I mean, they did record it. So I guess it counts, but yeah. Did you know? Eric has never missed a single show or studio engagement in 28 years. No one said that Eric Singer is not a, the professional's professional. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Then they talk about the Kiss Cruise 2, Tom. Kiss Cruise so, 2. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an awesome photo of Gene in the fire right next to it. It's a yep. gorgeous photo. Yes. Then we get to Tommy. I don't get discouraged when someone says no. I keep pushing and working at it, and eventually things start to happen. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then, then he's it, got his little Q&A. Yep. Um, his favorite monster. Tr- this can't be right. I refuse to believe that this is his answer. <laughs> what is it? His favorite monster tracks cannot be all for the love of rock and roll in freak. They just, I will, I will, I refuse to accept that as an answer, especially since he had a fucking song on the album that he sang. Did you know? <laughs> oh my God. Tommy dressed up as a member of kiss for Halloween when he was 12. Okay. And now what do all the fucking kiss haters say now? He's still doing it. <laughs> Fake really <laughs> Fake ace. Oh, oh God. Next is an uh, ad for Kiss by Monist, Monster Mini Golf. Yep. 
merchandise mania little clip there. Yep. My first Kiss concert. And they each talk about it, their experience. Mm-hmm. The first experience I had with alcohol. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they said, we asked each band member, this is fantastic, oh. to describe others in exactly three words, no more, no less. Their answers may surprise you. We could have just done an episode on this book. You're right. Jesus Christ. Now, I think we'll get through the track by track rather quickly, so I'm not worried about that. (laughs) Tommy said about the three. You want to take this one? Yeah. Tommy said, Eric, hyper, troublemaker, sweet, Paul, intelligent, creative, sensitive. What? What was that last one? Sensitive. What do you Gene, can you get Tommy into my office? I need to talk to him. Tommy, you're fired. You called me sensitive. <laughs> Tommy, that's not really cool that you said that about me. I'm sorry. Gene, ambitious, crazy, entrepreneurial. Translation, marketing and merchandising and money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Gene said of Tommy. Th- see, this is what Gene's kind of funny here. Gene says of Tommy, the spaceman lives. <laughs> <laughs> What the? Wow. Then what does he say about Eric? Puppy dog eyes. What the fuck? What is that? Then he says, Paul, rock star supreme. I got a comment. Go ahead. There's no way Gene would ever say anything, but something of magnitude of a huge praise for Paul. He knows Paul so well. That Paul's going to be like, what did Gene say? Yep. Oh, me. Rock star supreme. If he said anything other than that, there would have been a problem. Oh, yeah. It needs to be the, the greatest compliment of all time. So mm-hmm. let me read the next two. Go ahead. Eric said, Gene, crazy lick a fox. Oh, this is great. Tommy. <laughs> Why are me and you laughing? at? Uh, are we, should we be laughing at this the way? Because we know he didn't mean this. Silent button. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Does that mean Tommy like rips him? Tommy's ripping him in the st- in the in the in the in the backstage. Like our favorite photo- photograph girl on Instagram, the Ripper. You guys are nonstop sending us photos of her. We're gonna get a cease and desist. Talk about getting sued. I mean, those photos of her ripping them. Oh. <laughs> Eric says of Paul, master of ceremonies. Uh, whatever. Paul says, Gene, driven, driven, driven. That's it. Hardworking, dedicated, caring. Eric, energetic, funny, dedicated. Like, you notice he, oh, notice, description notice, of you notice he used the word dedicated for Tommy and Eric each. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're fucking employees. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> oh, but wait, turn the page, get to the good stuff to quote Paul, because what do we have next? Zeus shades of pandemic Stan. No, is it shades of Stanley? Come and on. it's Paul talking about his paintings. Woohoo. You got to read that. Yeah. Then there's an advertisement for Destroyer Resurrected. Mm-hmm. Then there's some nice photos backstage at tour. 
Keith LaRue, longtime director of KissOnline.com and a friend of the band, offers a glimpse of the band's on the 2012's The Tour. Some mm-hmm. nice photos there by Keith. Yep. And then it's basically the album lyrics, the song lyrics, and a nice little description of each track, which yes. we will talk about when we get to each song. And we will get to them right, you know, almost right now. So yeah, this booklet is worth buying, people. If you can find it online, the Limitless Deluxe, Edition of Monster CD exclusive 64 page magazine. Get it. Yeah, it's a it's a nice, it's a really nice collector's piece. I mean, it actually has like a binding to it. You know, it's not like a little pamphlet. It's it's real nice. It's really nice. No, it, it, the only bad part about it is the, the the CD has nothing extra. No, it right, right, right. Nighttime world, it doesn't have right here, right now. It's just the regular monster CD. But yep. got it. I have three editions of this, and I don't feel like I wasted my money. I like having all three. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, so before we get into this, we're going to talk a little bit about the album itself and the expectations, Tom. I thought this album was going to be just like Sonic Boom, pretty good. I made the comment to you before, and I really believe this. If I read, if I, I didn't read that magazine part before I listened to the CD, but if I listened to that, I'd have been. Way off the charts, like super excited to hear this. Thank God I didn't. But I made the comment before that if I had to bet my life on some musician to come up with something that I would like, of all the musicians out there, I would probably bet my life that I would like Paul Stanley's, whatever he's putting out, his Kiss, Paul Stanley-led Kiss album before anything else anybody could do. Yes. I trust his hooks. I tr- trust his, you know choruses i trust his lyrics to be on point i i i trust paul he'll have some duds and he always does but i guarantee that in my mind what he puts out i will like more Agreed. than anybody else yep so seeing what i you know what we just kind of read my expectations were supposed to be this album is going to be off the charts and for me it started that way when we get into the first track, anything you want to say before we get there? I have some general thoughts on the album, but I think I'll save them for the end when we kind of wrap up the overall thoughts on the album. So we'll, we'll just do the track by track now. So let's keep that expectation going and let's start with the first track. Here we go.
right. So hello, hallelujah. Everybody's heard this song. Everybody talks about it. I mean, this is a just an absolutely killer opening track, not just for Kiss, but for any band. I mean, you are setting the pace for what you hope to have your listeners think is, is coming for the rest of this album. A killer riff. I mean, the band is just on fire right now. The, you know, we didn't really talk about the production of this, but I will mention it right here since we're getting into the first track. The production of this album is, is off the charts. I mean, I, I, I envision looking at this, you know, in the studio and seeing all those little digital meters all the way up to red. They, like the, this album is like on fire right now. The album, you know, the band is just is just killing it right now on this track. Lyrically, it's an interesting song. And I think that kind of permeates throughout this album, especially with the Paul songs. But I, I think it's I think it's a great song. I, I don't understand why they don't play it now. Uh, you know, they keep talking about how proud they are about their their catalog, their their history, their legacy. This is one of their really great songs that to come out in recent memory and they don't play it and it deserves to be played because I think it will be killer live. Now, Paul's voice probably can't do it because this was recorded, you know, eight, nine years ago. And this is a, a struggle on this to, to perform this live. A lot of these songs are. But that being said, killer opener. Written by Paul Stanley alone. So this is what my expectations are right off the top. Like, wow, they're met. After yep. reading that, they're met. Uh, what Paul wrote, what they were writing in that monster book, they're met right off the top. They, that equals to what I think. What a riff. Yep. Fantastic. This is what I'm talking about with Paul that I trust can write a hook, can write a riff that I will fall in love with in his chorus. That pre-chorus, it's, it's. I mean, just all this, the, the verse, the chorus, the hook, the guitar, that pre-chorus, lay down, stay awesome. down. Gene going awesome. saying the lay downs and the stay downs between Paul's vocals is, uh, to me, exactly what I love about Kiss. That back and forth between the two of them is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. They released this as a single. It went on the rock charts at number 36. The solo is great. But I have to differ on you on one thing. Okay. And this starts it. This, the production of this, I don't like it at all. I don't, oh, no. That wasn't a compliment what I said. Oh. That was more of an observation. I don't like the production that much myself either. It's one big sound Bingo. all the way through. Yep. I can't tell the drums from the guitars, the bass, anything. It's just like, it is guitars and drum. It's, it's straight through, but kiss is always melodic. This is kind of a great riff and it's got a little, mel- it's a little melodic. This is about as melodic as they get, but they, they this succeeded where the other ones I will talk about. But it's just the production. It's you can't tell anything anymore. Is, are there drums on this album? I don't know. I think so. It's you said it perfectly. I have written in my notes. There's no separation between the instruments. No, it's just one loud sound. It's one li- and and when you listen to Hello Hallelujah, when the song kicks in. Now I listen to these when we do the album reviews. No matter how many times I've heard the album, I always put my headphones in. I yep. go for a run or whatever. If you pay attention to this specific song with with headphones on there is like a like like almost you know the sound when you're when your ears are ringing like that's in this song (laughs) 
<laughs> like, and, 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 and you're right. They, 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 they tried so hard to make the song so loud and so powerful and so heavy that the production just got muddled. I, I mean, the band, like, I'll say this right now to start off. Tommy Thayer is fucking phenomenal on this album. I'm going to tell yeah. this album, this album shows his strength. He is outrageously awesome on this album. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, don't get me wrong. When I said that, when I said that I can picture those production, those, those meters all the way in the red, that's not a compliment. <laughs> so yeah. we're on, we're on point with that. Yeah. And it's just like when I, we go tape ourselves and I edit this episode and there are certain parts of an episode where fucking the lines cross out of bounds. It's like, Oh, we got to straighten that shit out. Got to even everything out. Like it's just one big humming sound throughout Yep. And they make a point that this album has no ballads, which is it's fine. Just, it is. I agree with them. It is just rock and guitar. And it's something they, they talk about not trying to prove anything. They went overboard to try to prove something that they're still, you know, getting there in their sixties and, and can rock out, but they didn't make a kiss album. They like, I want to make a classic rock album. Okay. You can still rock with the best of them. This proves it. But this is still a great Kiss song. Let's get to the other part of the albums, you know, the rest of this, where, you know, that becomes an issue. So starting off with a huge bang. Let's go to the second song, Tom. So wall of sound. Okay. So this song, it starts a trend where there's a lot of, we talk about the reasons we love kiss is they're, they're, they're melodic. They, they, they're vocally melodic, musically melodic. There is none of that in this song. The, the, the drum, the, the rhythmic pattern of the drums is just plodding along. It's just Eric, just banging on the drum. There's no, there's no real rhythm to it. The chorus is just kind of disjointed. You know, I know Gene talks about an inspiration from, you know, Helter Skelter from the Beatles where the vocals are on their own and the music kicks into gear. The bridge is okay. You know, when it gets to the part where it says, you know, the battle never ends, the soldiers never die. 
you know, but then it gets into the chorus. And so, you know, it all comes down to the wall of sound. It's just like, it's just like a repetitive kind of, you know, I think Gene sounds really good on this album. I think, I think he's in full demon mode. I think his voice sounds pretty good, but this song is just kind of, it's just kind of a mess. Written by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Tommy Thayer. Paul says, Tommy came up with the music and I came up with the lyric and melody. You've got Gene singing a song that fits him like a glove, but it had a lot to do with people around him. It's very much amalgamation of all those great vibes or musical riffs that are the foundation of everything all bands look back to. The building blocks. There are certain bands and albums that none of this would be here without. I have no idea what that meant. You know what? And it makes sense because this song... I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, I know. This is from the Gene Simmons. I think that's a great lyric uh, song title. Let me put it together. And then let me write lyrics that have nothing to do with the song title and have nothing to do with one chorus has nothing to do with the other. Like, what the fuck is this about? And then Gene goes on to say, I always had the title. (laughs) See? Exactly, bingo. When I started talking about the genius of Helter Skelter, mm-hmm. the way the vocal comes in, the bass and drum cut out. That was the template, building tension in different ways rather than using the drum. It happened very fast. The original lyric was about the Tower of Babel, or when the walls of Jericho came a-tumbling down. Did you know it was the sound of trumpets which caused it? Gene, fucking, what are you talking about? Slow down, dude. Walls of Jericho was Jericho's finishing move when he was in WWE. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. Um, I know. I want you and that young man to tie that knot. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand because he helped Joshua fight the battle of Jericho. Yes. He helped Daniel get out the lines then. He helped Gilligan get off the island. Lord. So you're telling us this song was originally about the Tower of Babel, and then you changed it to something out, but you kept the title. And that's why this song is all over the place. This is like murder in high heels. Oh, I've got a title. Let me just put some lyrics together. Oh, while the city sleeps. I like that title. Let me just throw some lyrics around it. And I got a riff and that's our song. And the problem, and the problem with this, like we said, is it's, there's, there's, it's, there's nothing hooky about this. It get it when he, like I said, when he gets to the bridge, okay, there's a little bit of melody and and then, then he gets to that chorus. It's just like, it just sounds like a set of drums falling down a flight of stairs. I like the pre-course. Just, I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Right, right, right. When the body and the soldier never die. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. What does that have to do with the rest of the choruses? Oh, nothing. Nothing. But, but you know, I like that part, but the wall of sound. Yep. But the other part to this is, and I'm going to get to the other ones. Go ahead. This is like the gene theme of the last two albums. What's the difference between this song, I'm an Animal, Russian Roulette, Yes, I Know? Um, mm-hmm. What's the other one that he did from this album? Hot uh, and Cold? The Devil Is Me? Oh, we'll get right? to that. They're Save all, that. They're all the same. Yep. And it's like he says a word, and then the music cuts in. And then he starts singing, and then the music goes in. And, and, the, like, one thing, and the one thing all those songs have in common, they're all a mess. They have no rhythmic melody. They have no There's rhythm. no melody. There's no hook. Nope. There's, I mean, in between these songs, 
There are a couple songs that I like, like Hot and Cold's a little different. Um, Back to the Stone Age is different than this. This is just applauding. It's yep. a heavy song. It should it feels like it should be on Carnival of Souls. Yep. Which but the 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 lyrics don't fit Carnival of Souls, but it could have been on there. It's just plodding along. Yeah, it's not I, good. No, one big sound again. Yep. Exactly. Oh, and here we go. Oh boy. Yeah. Let's go to the next track. Freak. One of the worst songs <laughs> in the entire Kiss library. And honestly, one of the worst songs I've ever heard, period. <laughs> if, if, if you put a gun to my head and make me say something good about this song, if it was an instrumental, the music is okay. It is so lyrically awful, so corny, so not Kiss-like. It's so self-indulgent of Paul. This is this is exactly nothing that I want to hear from this band, and 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 the trend continues. I'm going to say it here because even even though we like Hello Hallelujah, okay, mm-hmm. but are you noticing that the, that when, when we're done with the album, you will notice his lyrics. You have to go back to pretty much revenge until you get a a a solo Paul song about him talking about sex and girls. And the, the stuff that put Kiss on the map. All of his songs are about serious subject matters, philosophical emotions, feelings, thoughts, opinions, desires. It's not, this is the most non Kiss song I've ever seen in their entire library. It's horrible. This is, you can do it. You can do it. It's you horrible. can do it, 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 water boy. It's embarrassing. This is a horrible song. I don't okay. know what I, that's you all know I can the say. background of this song, right? Of course so this I know. It's written by Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer. Yeah, this is when their friendship with Lady Gaga formed. This yep. was originally written to go to her. Fine. This is what they thought about, and then they were going to try to do a, a duet with her. That Paul would have been great. Nursing in this, that would have been this great. Would probably have worked perfectly. Yep. It sounds like Purple Haze in the beginning, and then yes, it sounds it almost like a little bit like Wild Thing. Yes, if you notice it, in the beginning. It, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Streaks in my hair. Paul did have streaks in his hair during that love gun time. Yeah, but come on. The blonde little streak he had going there, remember? Yeah, I mean. I like just... the chorus. I like the chorus. It's got that Paul hook. I like when he gets, when he has that hook in there and then the chorus. Ah, the, the Pledge of Allegiance shit. Awful. So bad. I was so waiting bad. for him to say, I pledge allegiance 
to the state of rock and roll. That's what he should have done. That's what he should have done. Yeah. And then he's got that Bob Ezrin breakdown at the end again. Got to do that. He talks about it all the time about, oh, Bob does this. That's a Bob Ezrin. No, now they've become Paul Stanley breakdowns in songs. Yep. Paul says of the song, it's about maintaining your integrity, your self-identity. It's a sentiment that's timeless, being proud of who you are. I pledge allegiance to the state of independence. Yeah, that's no, no, no. It, it reminds me of like, this is like something like an Avril Lavigne would be like, I'm punk. Like, Pretty much. Right? Yeah. Like uh, some corporate fucking company would say, hey, let's get this little teeny bopper girl and see and market her as a punk rocker. Dude, you're the star child. You're in Kiss, one of the biggest bands in history, and you're writing a song about I'm a freak. Like what the yeah, what you, but, you, what you, but you also gotta remember though, he did have that ear thing. And he's maybe that Zeus, if they if he wanted to put this on the first album, fine. You've established a 40-year rock career. We don't need your fucking autobiographical freak song. Yeah, but he's earned the right to write about what he wants to write about. I know you don't like it, but and I'm just and I've, and, that right. And I've earned the right to tell him it's one of the worst songs in the entire freaking Kiss catalog. <laughs> <laughs> so go go ahead. <laughs> Let's pick it up a little bit with the next one Yeah, let's go back to the Stone Age, Tom Finally, you've been waiting for a long time to say that
Okay, back to the Stone Age. I like this song. It is a fun song. This is what I want from Kiss. An upbeat song. It's a pounding rock song. The lyrics are silly. There's stupid lyrics, but they're fun. It's Kiss. The bridge is catchy. The chorus is wicked catchy. I like that gang lyrics. Everybody's singing along. Back to the... It's like a song you can pump your fist to and sing along. It sounds just like Kick Out the Jams by the MC5. If you've ever heard that that classic punk rock song, it sounds just like that. Gene, like, wailing. Like, he sounds great. Sounds great. One of my favorite parts of the song is when, uh, right as the chorus is kicking in, he's just screaming, I'm the king. And then the band kicks in. But what's the favorite part of the song? I like it. (laughs) Um, I'm a big fan of this song. I think this is a fun. This is what I want from Kiss right here. This is one of the rarities, Tom. All four members get writing credit on this. Yeah. Only a handful of songs that you'll ever see four Kiss members get a uh, writing credit. Yep. And when this song begins, I think of one thing. Yep. The Flintstones. <laughs> now, Paul says the song was written in the studio while we were playing and trying to come up with another track. It's what we breathe. It's what we eat. This is who we are. We're a two guitar, bass and drum rock band. Whatever. Gene says Eric referenced a relentless kind of energy and started fooling around with how primitive it sounded for the lyric and how I'm a guy out in time. When it comes to technology, I'm going back to where I came from, where I belong. Stop it with the beeping and texting for a minute to climb to the top of the mountain. (laughs) Eric, I've got them to think differently about an idea they had helped them to see it from another point of view. Originally, they wanted to do it faster, but I suggested we make it heavy, more Neanderthal and slow it down. I love the Gene screams on this. I like the solo. Yep, absolutely. at the end, bye-bye, so long. And then there's nothing better than ding. I like it. It's awesome. It's just so Gene. Oh so, my un- so unnecessary and so awesome. I did, Don't tell me you don't play this song and wait for that part to come up and start laughing by yourself. Always. Always. I, I, can't, yep. I can't get enough of it. I fucking yep. love that part. Yep. Anyways, Tom... This album's almost going to make you shout mercy. Let's go.
Shout Mercy. Um, I like this song. I, I think it's got a catchy little rhythm to it. The beat, the, you know, the drum beat is kind of interesting. I hate to say it here, but this song really showcases Paul struggling vocally. You can hear his voice is just not there. He's constantly trying to clear his throat, which just is a sign of just the strain on his vocal cords. I know he's doing the best with what he can, but this is 2012 and his vocals just not hitting it. The lyrics again, you know, not very kiss like lyrics. We got our own situation ready, steady to go. Hang out, put out, get out. That's what we're all about. I want to hear you shout mercy. Okay, whatever. Uh, great solo again by uh, by Tommy. Tommy tears it up on this album. But I like the song. I think musically, this is a little bit better. You know, it's not freak. It's not wall of sound. You know, we talk about this before on other albums, on the bonus episodes in this. Track listing matters. And they fucked up this track listing because you start with Hello Hallelujah. Then you go to wall of sound and freak. And then you get, then you kind of get into some songs that are enjoyable. But I, I like, I like Shout Mercy. Written by Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer. I like the riff. I'm shocked that you haven't brought up the part. They, the woohoo. Yeah, I like that. I know I have that written down in my notes too. I, I, I do. I can choo choo train. Choo choo Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Shout mercy. Woohoo. All right. I want to uh, get a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Love what is and what can never be tip of the hat to zeppelins what is and what should never be yep pick up on that absolutely yeah yep paul says my early days we spent friday and saturday night fillmore east and shout mercy have the kind of passion and urgency that made so many of the bands i saw so unrelenting and powerful that music and how it made me feel is in my blood that is what I why I do what I do. We're just in a better position now to bask in all that we have come from, came from. Everything has to be so dramatic. That's what I'm talking about with this oh album. Oh my god. Everything every yep. explanation, everything has to be like so just fucking tell us. Yeah, I came up with the lyric. I was thinking about this. Yep. We are what we are. We built something to last. We are rock beat, and we've climbed the mountain. Like Jesus Christ! Oh, I know it's, it, it's suffocating. Yeah, and it continues on the rest of the album. <laughs> <laughs> the last song on side one of this album. Let's go.
So long way down. So I like the intro because we've got another another little Zepp reference. The beginning of the song sounds like the beginning of Out on the Tiles by Zeppelin. Kind of get that yeah. rolling that riff and then it kicks into it. I like the song. Um, I think it's I think it gets a little bit melodic. I think the chorus is kind of cool. You know, the, the, it's one of the few moments in the album where the band kind of separates musically when he's like, you know, it's a long way down. You can kind of hear a little bit of what's going on with the instrumentation, which you can't really hear in a lot of the other songs. But again, lyrically, it's just it's just not kiss. It's it's more philosophical ramblings from Paul, you know, close your eyes and lose your soul. Do your time. But there's no parole from here. Like that That's not what I want from kiss. I mean, musically, it's OK. But another Paul lyric that's just shut up. I don't want to hear any of this. Long way down, just like shout mercy in front of it. Paul Stanley, Tommy Thayer written song. It went to number 25 on the Heritage Rock Chart, whatever the fuck that is. What is that? I don't know. Uh, it was their second single. It what? It didn't chart. Ugh. And it's sad. I thought this was their last single, but their last single was that fucking Japanese Yume no Okuyo ni Sate Mina. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? That's yes. their last fucking single. Imagine that. Yep. I and I never like got the lyric books to this in the beginning and looked it up. I used to think that he was saying Jane says and said he's singing Gypsy. Oh, Gypsy! Yeah, the the very first word. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Right. I thought yep. it Jane says. <laughs> yeah, I yep. was wrong. So <laughs> let's go to the first track of side two. Eat your heart out, baby. Oh, won't you give me something sweet? Eat your heart out, baby. A hot mess is I will tell you this. We've been talking about this song since the friggin' episode two or three or four of this podcast, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be honest with you. The acapella intro is embarrassing and completely unnecessary, but once the song kicks into gear, I'm into it. It's a kiss song. It, this th Again, this is what I want. Stupid double entendre sex related lyrics with Gene singing them. It's got another catchy chorus, gang vocals. Everybody's singing the chorus together. Eat your heart. Like, that's that's great. The bass line is awesome. It's got some of that, like, you know, <laughs> like Gene slapping the bass. 
you know, this when this the the, the second verse, you, you know, you get some of that background that yeah, yeah, the you know, call and answer going back and forth. It's a catchy song, you know. It's is you know, I'm not gonna say it's a great song, but this is what I want from Kiss: catchy, hooky, some silly lyrics. I like it. Eat your heart out was written by Gene Simmons alone. That stupid acapella shit in the beginning Brutal. makes this one of the worst Kiss songs of all time. Okay. I can't get over it. It is fucking beyond embarrassing. I agree. It is the stupidest thing I've fucking ever, like who the this is why they should have had an outside producer. Yes. Somebody tell them, guys, I, I, I get with this this is just ridiculous. Who is this acapella version of for? The guys that buy yeah. this records all your lives? Who are you trying to impress by doing this? Yep. I agree. This is Something that belongs on your fucking vault, Gene. Oh, it is on your vault. You just call it Are You Ready? Yeah. That's this song. But I don't and think the song, I mean, I, I know the acapella is horrible. I don't think the song is is horrible. That acapella is, is bad, but that's just me. I can't listen to Gene talking about get your backbone slip. What the hell does that mean? Am I supposed to know? A, slip your backbone like, ooh, like. I was just gonna say, ooh, who, like, who are you singing to? Shannon? Shannon's like sixty. Like, if she hurts her backbone, she's gonna break her hip and fall down and get hurt. Like, I don't want to think of you and Shannon at this stage of your lives. Like, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to either. Think of the, her hurting her that let her backbone slip. It's just fucking. Oh, I know. I I will admit. Take the beginning part out in the kind of uncomfortable visions I have of Gene trying to seduce a 60-year-old Shannon Tweed with this song. Ugh. The rest of it is good. That acapella it makes this one of the worst kiss songs in their library. I, I just it's just fucking horrible. Fair That's enough. what happens when Paul says, I think we should leave that in there. You know, Agreed. I think that's a great addition. I, I think we, I think that'll work. If there was an outside producer, they would have been like, what, what do you, what get the, what the fuck are you doing? He probably wouldn't even let him put it on tape. Imagine if Eddie Kramer was doing this album. Oh God. What the fuck is that? No, no. He would have burned the whole thing. <laughs> oh, burned it. Is <laughs> you the burn man? Exactly. We need the burn man. It's burn Cri- man, Crystal. Are you the burn man? Yes. All right, Tom. Let's go get the devil.
The Devil Is Me. This is just a shittier version of Wall of Sound. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the problem with this song, it's this song is a is a total. <laughs> it's on this fucking album. <laughs> this song is a fucking mess. I, I can't remember a Kiss song, honestly, that is more disjointed. It is all over the place. Every thirty seconds, the song takes a left hand turn. I'm like, I, I don't know what song I'm listening to anymore. What is this? The chorus is horrible. It's ridiculous. And it's funny because so Paul Stanley like wrote this pretty much for Gene. And if you notice, it seems like every time Paul writes a song for somebody else, they they're fucking horrible songs. And it's like he's doing it on purpose to like screw them because Gene can do so much better than this. This I've got just, a point on that. I'm not going to touch it. I'll no, save no. it for another song coming up. OK, 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 because this is just a mess. It's just, it's a mess. The problem with this song, it's on the album. Well, that too. <laughs> I did that Chris Rock fucking thing. The number one reason why not to see the new Whoopi Goldberg movie, Whoopi's in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, God. Oh, God. The Devil is Me, written by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer. Um, or this is I'm an animal, or this is Wallow Sound. Uh, yep. You know what the fuck, dude? <laughs> it's the same old shit. <laughs> and then you know he's got the line in there from the TV show, and that's why it's good to be me. The devil is me. All right, relax. You know, the solo, though, I do find some little revenge part to this song. A little okay. bit crunchiness and the plot, you know, it's a little revenge, especially the solo part to it. Yep. But, you know, it's just Gene says, that's my job. The track came in pretty much finished. Then I wrote the lyric on top of that. Paul kept saying, why don't we do a God of Thunder type of song? Oh. It's a big and dark. It suggested a devil song came in with this, which personalized it for me and resonated with me. It's about blaming people for your shortcomings when it's really your own fault, good or bad. They're my decisions, Gene. Paul says, this song was a great one for Gene. Lyrically, exactly. I wanted something that epitomized the character that we all identified with him. But everyone has the devil inside. I am the master of my fate. Gene, here's a song I wrote for you. And I'm going to quote this back again. Blaming people for your shortcomings when it's really your own fault. Yeah, I wrote that song for you. You sing that. Um, yeah, I know. So it's about somebody that blames other people, but it's really their fault. Um, yep. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's just it's a mess. Yes. Yeah. Paul writing for other people. We're going to get to that. Okay, go we'll ahead. Get uh, let's go out of this world, Tom.
out of this world. Uh, I like this song. I think it's got a cool vibe to it. I think it's got a cool rhythm. The chorus is fun. That's another kind of sing-along gang vocal chorus. Tommy is the spaceman. Uh, he says it right here in the book. I am the spaceman. So, you know, every, you know, he's recorded two songs on, on uh, Sonic Boom. He had When Lightning Strikes, you know, lightning, bolt, space, here, out of this world, space. That's his thing, whatever. That being said, I like the song. The solo is really good, but that little vocal section before and after the solo is kind of a dud. Then it kind of ends with like that phaser, you know, kind of like, you know, more ace like stuff. But I like the song. I, I like Tommy's voice. I actually like when lightning strikes on, on Sonic Boom, too. But um, I, I do like this song. I think it's kind of catchy and hooky. Out of this world written by Tommy Thayer alone. Paul says, I've always thought that the band is at its best when everybody gets his due. Said Peter Chris. Mm. Individual efforts don't detract from anything. It only makes the group stronger. Part of the great tradition of KISS is showcasing each member. Except Peter Chris. We have four very strong musical personalities who can hold their own vocally. It was a great song for him to do. And then, as you said, Tommy. Tommy says... I am the spaceman. That's now, ballsy. That's let, fucking ballsy. Dude, I'll, I'll get that. This song is about going out and finding a girl you can party with. What? It is? Yeah. Uh, no need to fill in the rest. There's a real strong chorus to that one. It's about living life to the fullest. If you're ready to rock, I'm ready to roll. Dude, every Kiss song is about living life to the fullest. It's about a girl. Dude, it's about out of space. Now, this is the part to this that drives me nuts. I like the song, but he's his own worst enemy. He, he wrote this. Did they order him to write this? He's trolling right now. I am the spaceman. Yep. I'm going to write this song about going out of space and then say, no, no, it's about a girl. What? What are you talking about? He's That's right. trolling everybody. Let me ask you if Tommy joined kiss after asylum he could have oh yeah he definitely could have would he written a song oh god no no it's a spaceman song what do you think about it if he was in any other band would he have written this song never he maybe would have changed maybe would have changed some of the lyrical content but no no he's trolling people why are you like going out of your way to fucking do this dude you're for asking for more shit and he, sp- and then he specifically mentions on a midnight rocket like rocket ride. Like we know what he's doing. And, he, and, and you're right. He says, I am the spaceman. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good riff. I like the vocals, but he does the vocals too, ace wise, but better. Oh yeah. If yeah. You notice he talks his lyrics like ace. He does. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Yep. But he yes, does he a does. better job. He's got a way better voice. Yeah, he does. You and me were like TNT, like the fuse that's inside of me. Am yep. I? That's how he sings, right? Pretty much, yeah. He talks the lyrics, pretty much, yeah. yeah that's what he does. Mm-hmm. You get your ticket when you understand. I'm ready to be your man. <laughs> pretty much, I might sing the song. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. I I like the song, but Tommy, you're asking for the beatdown that you get. You're 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 trolling people. 
It's true. All right. If that wasn't bad enough, Tom, let's get to the ne- next one. for the love of rock and roll god help me i mean come on first of all let's just start from the beginning any kiss song that starts with yeah yeah and then goes into it and then goes into somebody humming mm-hmm, i never want to hear that in a fucking kiss song okay <laughs> this sounds like some shitty bob seger cover band and i love I bob seger exactly bob yeah. seger or doby gray's drift away <laughs> Yeah, I, I and I love Bob Seger. This is this is so not Kiss. This this the 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 song is it's 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 a mess. If if again, if you put a gun to my head and make me say something nice about it, the chorus is catchy. It's not good. It's melodic, but I don't want to hear. I, I I might be in the minority. I don't like Eric's voice. I don't I don't like his I don't voice. Mind. I think it's pretty good. Okay, I think All for the Glory is terrible. And why does the poor guy have to do all for the fill in the blank on all the songs? <laughs> is there anything else he can do? The the poor guy. And here's here's my little rant before I pass it over to you. Eric Carr was in Kiss for let's say ten years, nine, whatever number you want to, whatever it was specifically. I can't. Okay, he sang one song. Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer have been on two Kiss albums. And on each album, they each have a vocal. So what the fuck was Eric Carr's? What was because the issue? It's part of the. Now you're talking makeup kiss and the characters each get one song. If there was non makeup kiss, they wouldn't get shit. I know that. But Eric's Eric. Oh, wait, wait, you don't have to go farther than that. Bruce Kulik was on how many albums? And he got the fucking last song on fucking Carnival, on Soul. Carnival Souls. That was a throwaway album. Yeah, it's it, it just frustrates me because I like both of Tommy's songs and both of Eric Singer's songs are horrible. All for the glory may be worse than this one. But that's being said, it's just a it's a and again, who wrote it for him? Paul. Here, take this, take this piece of shit and you sing it cuz I'm not. Cuz that's Paul what I do for that's what I that's what I do for all my band members. I did, I did it for Peter on Psycho Circus. I'm going to do it for you on this. Paul, written by Paul Stanley, like like we talked about. It. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's fucking brutal. People say I'm the life of the party because I. That's that's what. Then he went on did Soul Station. That's what he's thinking of, right? That's what they want. That's what they want. So a couple things on this one. Paul says I was trying to get back to the vibe of the song we did with. 
Mr. Speed. That is it so is. Mr. No, that writ that guitar on there, you can catch, you can tell he's trying to do Mr. Speed. He's right. Oh. It's certain kind of guitar riff style. Eric got such a great voice. I wanted him to sing a song that was somewhat autobiographical. Then why don't you let him write one? I wrote it for him in mind. That's not autobiographical, even though at a certain point I wanted to take it back. But honestly, I couldn't sing it any better than he does. I wanted to celebrate him with a song that says who he is. And I'm telling him who he is, right? But but the best <laughs> quote is the next is the first quote from Eric. All right. Why don't you read the Eric part? So Paul says, I wrote this for him. It was somewhat autobiographical. Eric goes, not, ne- not necessarily every line in the song pertains to me. <laughs> Translation, Paul doesn't fucking know me and wrote this piece of shit for me to sing, and now I have to. Paul knows how much I love playing drums in a rock band. Here comes the quote that fucking pisses me off. For me, the priority is the music. I've been in it for as long as I can remember. I'm a blue-collar guy in that way. I approach playing drums as an occupation, no different than a fireman, a teacher, or someone who works in an office. I just happened to do it for Kiss. Are you fucking kidding? Read the rest. I just happened to do it for one of the biggest bands in the world. Okay, that answers a lot of questions about why Eric Singer looks like he's asleep when he's playing the drums. Because he looks at it the way a fireman or a teacher look at their job. Which, with all due respect, we have friends who are firemen and my wife's a teacher. Okay. We talked about this with when we had Joey on, and that was one of our best discussions we've ever had on this podcast. Yep. Go back a couple episodes back when we had Joey Casada, if you want to listen to it. We were talking about the styles of drummers and people like, oh, fucking Peter Socks. Eric's Eric is a job. Yep. Joey keeps talking about it and talking about it to the sunny poonies of the world. They, oh, Eric Singer's so proficient. He's got no feel. He's got no emotion. He's got no passion None. behind what he's doing. Nope. He At might this point now, it's a job. He's back there playing. He's been on this fucking tour for like eight years with the same lyrics, the same songs, the same set list, the same everything. He's bored back there. He shows the same emotion as some guy who's hammering nails all day. It's the exact yeah. same thing. And he could care less. Yep. And, and it's just a job. That's why he always, and he's a nice guy. He comes across like a nice guy. But mm-hmm. he doesn't seem very passionate about this. No. Now, all for the glory of uh, love for the all for the glory of the <laughs> love of rock and roll. <laughs> the glory all of love? The love of rock and roll. Go figure. <laughs> A lot of cowbell in this song, Tom. Yep. That doesn't make it any better. <laughs> I don't like the ring on her finger tell you that she's single tonight. So at this stage in their lives, when they're six years old, they're bragging about uh, causing adultery in females. That's being, a nice. home, being a home wrecker. Exactly. That's something to be. Is that, is that a positive thing, Mr. Singer? <laughs> nope. Right. And I do see the Mr. Speed in this song. However, this is back to the part we were going to talk about with out of um, the devil is me. Oh, I wrote it for him. Yeah. Just like I wrote. I finally found my way. Here you go, Peter. Hard exactly. luck Here you go, Peter. Here you go. Fucking the devil's me. This is yours, Gene. If you, I am a huge fan of the Sopranos. What's this? What's this? It's the jacket. The jacket. The jacket. I took off Rocco de Mayo. Driver. It's your fucking jacket. Love this jacket. You were my kid brother. You would have killed for this jacket. Silk lining, fine Corinthian leather. It's a 
nice jacket. It's a beautiful jacket. But it's yours to have now. How's the jacket? What jacket? I gave your little brother a beautiful leather jacket. You still liking the jacket, Tom? It's terrific, Rich. It's a jacket. You're not wearing the jacket. It's in the car. What, you want back? I gave Tony a jacket. I took off Rocco de Mayo. If you watch The Sopranos, there's a great in season two where Richie Aprilo gives fucking Tony Soprano this jacket from like the 70s. It looks like Starsky and Hutch, like that fucking yellow leather jacket, yep. like tan leather jacket. He's like, and he wears it and fucking like Junior's like, like cracking up. And he's like, look, I've got this back from this is a guy that I don't know. He beat him up or he shot him, and he got the jacket. And he's and Richie just got out of jail, and he gives it to Tony as a segment of love. And he's like, "Come on, you got to wear it." He's like, "No, no, I'll wear it later." No, like, no, no, you got to wear it. Every time he sees him for the rest of the season, it's like, "Hey, Tony, you wearing that jacket? You wearing this jacket?" And then eventually, you see him like some guys at their house, and he fucking he sees that some worker in Tony Soprano's house is wearing that jacket because he gave it away. That's what this is. Here you go. Here's this song. I wrote it for you. You like? You like it? Yeah, I I love it. All right, we're gonna have you sing it, and it's gonna be forever on a Kiss album. Oh, but I, and I great. And I, and I love how Paul was like, I wrote it, but honestly, I wanted to take it back. Fuck off, Paul. You did not. You were laughing as you wrote this thing. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it's oh. the fucking leather coat from the Soprano. It's the leather coat of Kiss songs. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Take me down below. I saw her standing there across the room. A glass of wine and some sweet perfume. Next thing I knew, she was standing right next to me. Oh yeah, I told her that I had a submarine She said I know exactly what you mean I told her that my ship was ready to ride She touched my heart but she touched my mouth She said, take me down below Doesn't matter where we go Yeah, I understand, leave me by the hand Won't you take me Take me down below. Let me say this. This song 
is so fucking awesome. <laughs> I I can't tell you. I'm not kidding. I can't tell you how much I love this song. And I am being 100% serious. This is everything I want in a Kiss song. It's got the double, the double entendre, the sex lyrics, the dual vocals. Gene starts, then Paul starts. One of the great choruses, catchy sing along. The, the, again with the gang vocals. I love this song. I, I I wish I had given it a chance earlier. I love this song. It's been stuck in my head since I've been listening to this album for the album review. I'm a huge fan of it. I wish more of the album had this on it because it's a standout for me. Take Me Down Below, written by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Tommy Thayer. I think the riff sounds a lot like Shout Mercy. It does. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's it's uh, it's got that nice. I don't know. I can. I can't. I'm not sure. I can describe it, but it's got that nice, hard kind of like guitar crunch to it. Yeah, I, I like. I like the riff. Yep. Um, let's see what they say about it. Gene says, "We started fooling around with those quarter notes, and then the chorus happened very, very fast. After that, Paul came in with the sexy variation. Settle down." Uh, Paul says, quite honestly, the sexual double entendre is something that's always been part of who we are to one degree or another, depending on what period of the band it was. It's not all about saving the whales. Yeah, exactly, Paul. So why isn't that more there on this album? It never was about saving the wheels with Kiss. uh, Well, this album, Paul's. Paul's pretty much talking about saving the whales on this album every time. Yeah, all- the sex and shit stuff kind of dropped after uh, Carnival Soul, like Carnival Souls going forward, phys- uh, uh, Psycho Circus, the last four albums, really. Well, Psycho Circus, that was one of my biggest complaints during the Psycho Circus review is that there's not a single song on there about, about chicks. Yeah. But, but Gene got back to it. Gene got back to it on Sonic Boom. Paul never did. Pa- Paul never did. Paul hasn't done yeah. it since Revenge. It's now always about do what you can do. You're the best. Oh, philosophical little cliches. That's what his lyrics are now. Karate kid theme. You're the best. Please, you know, Paul's figured out how we can turn that into a kiss song. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, just like Miyagi once told me, sand sand away your face. Start child. (laughs) Oh God! Don't no, no more Karate Kid. <laughs> I, I love Kiss duets. Oh yeah, Gene does that. Oh yeah, um, everything in this song I love. Everything. It's in the vein of let's put the X in sex, but you know, still they're still in their like late sixties talking about this shit. See, that doesn't bother me because I know who they are. I they're just saving the lyric. Am I correct? Yeah. For famous last words, oh yes, I am. Yeah, so I'm not gonna. I'm not don't gonna say. say don't say but anything. Trading off between Paul and Gene, I just love. It is just fantastic. The lyrics on it, they're two, actually three great parts of this. I'm yep. not gonna say who they are, but they are classic, yep. classic log in the fireplace. Yep. Uh, I, Queen Bee and Hornet's Nest, and you need uh, more of that. Yeah, it's just classic. I like Take Me Down Below. Good. All right. Last chance, Tom.
Last chance starts out with that bass intro, and then it kicks into another. It's up. It's an upbeat song, but it's got that of that plodding drum beat. Just that dun 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 dun. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't really go anywhere. The chorus is is the chorus is pretty good. It's a catchy chorus. It's it's just more of the same. You know. You know, this is your last chance to get it right. Do you dance on the edge of the knife? You know, again, Paul's vocals don't sound great. This is another song where musically I can get into it, but just lyrically, it's it's just more of the same. You know, it's like opening up a, a Kiss fortune cookie. It's like fucking settle down, Paul. I don't <laughs> want to hear to do Kiss for Paul Stanley fortune cookies. We can make oh. we can make them. Oh, star child, fortune cookie. Oh, <laughs> uh, you want it? You need it? Go get on ride. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Paul. Last Chance. Last Chance, written by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Tommy Thayer. Paul. I didn't want the album to just peter out. Pun intended. Exactly. Yep. I wanted to go out with the same impact. Vitality, danger, and fucking joie de vivre. What the fuck? That joie it starts de vivre. That, that That's French for the joy of life. Ooh. That's right. It's about going for it. You can do it, what a boy. Exactly. It's all, this whole album is that. About attaining whatever we think is possible. It's about celebrating life and going against the odds for what you believe in. As corny as that may sound, and it's about the fucking same thing you said about maybe about 50 Kiss songs, Paul. It got me to where I am, and the naysayers will have to live where, where they are. Yeah. Dude, Dude, condescending bullshit. Yourself. Go well, fuck well, yourself. You're not better than anybody else. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Get the fuck out of my face with that bullshit. That's a fucking yep. dick thing to say. That's that's one of the most dickish comments. Yeah. They have it's to live with. They you are. have to rub in people's faces? It's about scoring yep. points? That's a yep. fucking dick thing to say. Yep. Anyways, Gene, we offer authenticity. We are the real deal. We're not karaoke singers. <laughs> Every Oops. show, every song, every day must be treated as the only chance you'll ever get. We've always tried to shake the heavens and do something big. We'll always try to swing for a home run every time out. If you're going to win, win big. If you're going to lose, lose gloriously. Pride is an important word for us. We aim for those few hours to take our fans to rock and roll church, the electric church. Oh, Pride is important for us? <sighs> Since fucking when? Since when? God almighty. Now, last chance. The beginning sounds like Plaster Caster, by the way, with that bass thing. Yes. Good call. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about that. Whatever. They try to start off strong and they try to end strong. I hear, I get what they're saying. If you really just think about it and try not to zone in and pay too much attention and you let this play and you're doing chores the first time listening to this. You hear guitars crunch and all that that fucking one giant sound, and it ends the same way. They're right about it. It's yep. a guitar rock album. Not much melody in this album, but it's None. a guitar rock album. Yep. Um, so they are right. Do you dance? I don't equate dancing and kiss. Have you? Like that it doesn't 
kiss and dancing? Like, maybe I, maybe I was made for loving you. <laughs> but no, I know. School again, once again. It's okay. It's all right. Doesn't move me. Doesn't no. get me to fucking just like a lot of this shit. Doesn't Not get me to be like, oh, I gotta hear that song. No, so, I agree. Yeah. Then and that's not the last song. So also, like I mentioned, King of the Nighttime World, the live edition of that song is on part of uh, uh different versions of this album. Obviously, we're not gonna play that. Yep. But there is an additional song, it's on the iTunes part, it's on the uh, what I have is the Japanese tour edition part, and that is right here, right now. Let's hear it. Right now, that very introductory part of that song, that sounds like something straight out of ACDC. That is such an ACDC sounding chordal pattern riff. The tone of the guitar, everything. Then the drums kick in and you get that rolling drum sound. And then all of a sudden, somebody pulled a fucking plug on the song and it sounds like something from High School Musical. I'm, I'm like, what happened to the song? You, you, you teased me with like this intro riff. And then it's like, Na 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 na. I'm like, what is happening here? And then and then it's and then you know the chorus starts on, and you got more you know more of a uh, the the drums are kind of rolling along. Like I said earlier about wall of sound, it, it sounds like a set of drums falling down a flight of stairs. It's it's just <laughs> it, it the the song. There's a reason why the song isn't included on the general normal standard version of this album because it's just not that great of a song. I differ. I like the song. Okay. Uh, it's written by Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer. This is kind of where, see, you don't like that. I like the verses. I generally, I like, oh, I like verses from Paul, but I love his choruses better. Yep. Boris, Boris to the chorus. Yep. But this one, I like the verses better than the chorus. I don't like the chorus too much. I don't either. And then he does that. I think it works. That Bob Ezrin breakdown Break. in the yep. middle. It actually vocal. works with the echo vo- vo- vocal stuff that they do, the effects that they put on that. Yeah, I think that goes out pretty good. Yep. Live out every day, any way that you dare. I mean, I like that uh, that section of the song. I don't know why it's not on the album. It's better than half of these songs out here. 
I will. I will give you that. Yes, it's better. It's better than a handful of songs on the album, and it's that, one of Eric Singer's favorite songs to play on this oh album, or uh, that he likes. Right? Yep, that's right. So that is Monster. Now, Tom, we just reviewed Monster. Is this a record? A great Kiss album. Nobody has made a record like this in decades. This isn't just a classic Kiss. It's classic rock. How good does that statement seem to you, having just reviewed this whole album? Okay, so th- this is what I wanted to say. So, and and I and I, I love that we're. I lo- a lot of people are going to be like, "Why is an episode on Monster like this long?" And I'm going to tell you right now, this episode deserves to be this long because this is their last album. We don't know if we're ever going to get another one, and there's a lot to talk about here. Okay. Uh, because a lot of people have, this is a polarizing album. I know a lot of people that legitimately love this album. Power, all the power to them. That's fine. Here's how I went into this. Okay. When I bought this album, this is not an album that I come back to ever. I never seek out monster. If a song sh- shows up on shuffle, I'll give it a chance. But when we do an album review, I sink myself into the album and I spend a lot of time with it. I will say this as much as I've been shitting on a lot of these songs my attitude towards the album has actually improved. It's it, you, you, it's going to it's going to sound weird because of the, some of the the beatings I've given these songs, but it, it's a song where every every song on the album is is pretty much meh. To quote our friend Sonny Pooney, it's it, they're all mediocre songs. There's nothing mm-hmm. great, although "Take Me Down Below" I would consider great for me. But the rest of the song, most of the songs are throwaways. The band sounds pretty good on them. Not a lot of vocal melody, not a lot of music melody. Like we said, the production's not great, but I found myself enjoying some of the songs. It was not as bad as I thought it was. It's still not great, but it wasn't as bad as I originally thought it was when we decided to do this review. Again, I will add that this is Kiss doing typical Kiss stuff. They always talk about like, you know, times when they they did their grunge album, they did their hair makeup out, al- hair metal album. Yep. They did their disco album. They did their pop album. What is this? You mean to tell me this is what they really wanted to do, or is this something that they thought that would impress people that they're doing this? This isn't Kiss. No, it's not. I mean, they keep making the point that in the in the booklet, this is classic rock. There's a I don't want a classic rock album. I want a Kiss album. Hmm. And then the Kiss album becomes classic rock, not the other way around. So that's exactly this is right. the problem I have with this. All these songs are decent, good musicianship, nothing wrong with them. Nothing that I'm like, oh, the guitar sucks or the drumming sucks. Nothing like just nothing moves me. Kiss is all about fucking that groove, that hook, that chorus, that fun feeling, that song that makes you like. What's so great about Mr. Speed? I don't know. I just fucking moves me. The groove, the song, the hook. I love it. What's so good about I Stole Your Love? I don't know. The fucking guitar and the lyrics and the vocals. and They they just know how to write a catchy song. What's catchy on this fucking album except for a few songs? The rest of them are hard rocking songs. I always say this to you. I have nothing against Rush. All great instrumentalist musicianship is top notch. Put them together to me, it fucking it doesn't work. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. I don't like it. It's not melodic. It's not. It doesn't hook. But I can't sit there and say, "Yeah, you just played Tom Sawyer to me." 
I don't like it, but I can't sit there and say, yeah, they fucking, that's horrible fucking me. The, the drums right. terrible. The guitar's terrible. The vocals suck because that's just me. I can't stand his voice. But right. you get my point. Nothing on here is like, oh, that's terrible. But where is the fucking five to six great songs? A couple, eh, and a couple, maybe one or two duds. That's not on here. You got three or four good songs, really good songs. A couple, maybe even better. Eh, in the middle, and then, ugh. There's a bunch of duds in here. Nothing that should be on the last Kiss album. You want to talk about great Kiss songs and throw in, no offense, Last Chance, Wall of Sound, Long Way Down, All for the Love of Glory, uh, Love of Glory of the Rock and Rock and Roll of Out of Space and Lightning Strikes, whatever the fuck those four songs are the same, or Eat Your Heart Out. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? Are you delusional? Like, I don't want Kiss fanatic fans Kiss ass fans producing this But I feel like they should have a Kiss fan Produce an album by them tell them for them And go what are you fucking doing mm-hmm. And slap them around Go, This isn't you this isn't what you do Do this that's your wheelhouse when I This hear th- is not your wheelhouse When I hear this album To me it's like It's like a dark album It's not a fun album And the only fun on this album was when Gene tries to pull some of the fun out of it with back to the stone age and, you know, take me down below and eat your heart out. I mean, they're not great song, but at least they're trying to be kiss ish. Hell or hallelujah is a kick in the ass. It's like a fucking, I'm going to beat your ass. It's a fucking rocker. Right. But the the other other songs are just, but the other songs, they're all like frauding freak devil is me wall of sound all for the love, like last chance. Like they just, they don't, let let me, they don't go anywhere. Secretly cruel. Oh, good girl gone bad. Yep. Think of those Gene songs. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to just do the crunch. Like he can have a melody. He can have hooks like Paul Stanley hooks. He can do a, a fucking um. Any way you slice it, those songs are all hooky and melodic. All of them. And he can do a fucking heavy kind of prodding song, and we can still like it. I still like fits like a glove. I still like not for the innocent. Well, that's a good point that you say. The problem with this album, and this is going to sound kind of weird, it, the album's too heavy. This is not what I want from a Kiss album. I think Carnival Souls is heavy, but I, don't, I mean, I don't want to give it away. But I don't. It, fuck. It. It. It, it doesn't At least sound Gene version wise. Gene. Yeah. Stuff. It. It's just a mess. The production is a mess. The. 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 Just the energy behind the album and their intentions with it. It's just. I don't know. I, I will. I know. I know we're beating on this album, but I'm going to tell you right now. Before, when we decided that we're going to review this, I was like, I'm not going to be able to get through this. I I can't listen to this album. And I and I, we and I did text each other shit like this. And and I did find myself. Uh, I came out of this with like. There's a couple songs that I would go to now on this, but then there's and then the songs that I would skip. I'm still going to skip. But I started at like a zero or a one on this. <laughs> I I did. I'm not going to lie. I did. It it went up a little bit, but not that much. But it, the the album is just it's got a lot of problems. I started from a higher spot than you did. Okay, it has grown a little, but it probably grown as much as it did on you. But yes. I started up a little higher than you. But, okay, okay. Um, let's get to the breakdown. That's what we do, and this is the fun part. Yep. So, thirteen tracks, Tom. Yes. Number 13, do you want me to go or you go? You can go first this time. Number 13 for me, 
Eat your heart out. See, I know that acapella is terrible. I know that acapella is terrible, but the rest of the song is tolerable. That there's no way that's the worst song on this it album. It is okay. Uh, no, the, the the worst song. This if, can I have a tie for worst song? I can't. So I'm gonna have to go with all for the love of rock and roll is the worst because the song is just wow. painful. It's just horrible, horrible. I can't get past it. That's last for me. Silly, but it's still. I can listen to it. It's just not very kiss like. No, it's not. Number 12 for me. The devil is me. Number 12 for me is freak. Horrible. The music is okay, but lyrically it's, it's embarrassing to listen to. We're all over the place here, buddy. I I knew we would be. Number 11 for me. All for the love of rock and roll. Number 11 for me is the devil is me. (laughs) The devil is Silent but deadly. <laughs> Why is I want to do a meet and greet? Why are you silent but deadly, Tommy? What are you talking about? Well, that's what Eric said about you. It's in print. It's in print. That little fuck said that about me. <laughs> Who said that? Sheeta Chris. Who oh, you said so? <laughs> so what's wrong with that? Number 10, Last Chance. Wow. Number 10 for me is right here, right now. Number 9 for me, Wall of Sound. That's also my number 9. Number 8, Long Way Down. That's also my number (laughs) 8. Number 7, Shout Mercy. Number 7 for me is Last Chance. Number six, out of this world. Number six for me is eat your heart out. (laughs) Number five for me, right here, right now. Ew. Number five for me, back to the Stone Age. That low? Yep. What? Mm hmm. I don't believe it. Number four for me. Freak. (laughs) I almost had it higher. Oh, my Lord. Number four for me, out of this world. Number three for me. Take me down below. (sighs) Number three, shout mercy. Woo, woo. Exactly. Number two for me. I like it. Oh my God. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. This is going to piss you off because number two for me is Hello Hallelujah. That's insane. That is insane. No, it isn't. Number one and by far the best song on this album, Hell or Hallelujah. If you're talking about the best kiss song on the album, it's my number one, which is Take Me Down Below. Everything that you want in a kiss song. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Wow. I knew we would be all over the place on this album. This is just because the album's all over the place, so why wouldn't our rankings? All right. All Let's right. go compare this to the other ten albums we've done. Oh boy. We've reviewed Kiss debut album, Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Paul Stanley, 
solo album, Unmasked, Animalize, Asylum, Hot in the Shade, Psycho Circus. Now we reviewed Monster. Tom, your list going down. Number one, Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, Dress to Kill, Kiss Debut, Paul Stanley, Unmasked, Psycho Circus, Hot in the Shade, Asylum, Animalize. Where does Monster fall? Uh, well, they are in makeup. Um, uh, uh, it's just not good. I know they're in makeup. It's just not good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it second to last. I'm going to put it behind Asylum. Wow. Yeah. So it's above Animalize. Above Animalize. Yeah. Asylum is, I'm not a huge fan of Asylum. Obviously, it's nice for me right now, but at least it's got a little iconic imagery to it with the colors and it's got Bruce, but the monster cover is just bad. I had Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons from Kiss, Dress to Kill, Kiss Debut, Paul Stanley, Asylum, Psycho Circus, Unmasked, Hot in the Shade, Animalize. I'm putting Monster right underneath Asylum. Oh, okay. It is number seven for me. It's okay. above Psycho Circus. It's above Unmasked. It's above Hot in the Shade. It's definitely above Animalized. You know, they are in makeup, but it's yeah. still not better than Asylum. Asylum right. to me may be the quintessential uh, non-makeup album. Right, right. And then afterwards, you got the mix ones. And I, I put Monster above Psycho Circus and Unmasked. You know, Hot in the Shade is just silly. Same thing with Animal Eyes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go to the other part. Album rankings, Tom. Tom, your number one ranked album is Dress to Kill, Kiss Debut, Rock and Roll Over, Paul Stanley, Unmasked, Hot in the Shade, Asylum, Gene Simmons, Animal Eyes, Psycho Circus. Where do you put Monster? This was actually a little bit tougher than I thought it would be. Um, Psycho Circus has a couple songs on there that I can't listen to, like that are just really bad. But the flip side to Psycho Circus is that there are some songs on there that I legitimately love, songs that I seek out that balance off the duds for Psycho Circus, and the duds on there are bad. There's probably... Only one, maybe two songs I would seek out on Monster. I got to put Monster last. I cannot believe you put it under Cycle Circus. You hate Cycle Circus. The only reason I'm saying that is because I love Raise Your Glasses. I love I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll. I really like Psycho Circus. I really like Into the Void. Those are songs that now the rest of the album, you know, we are one. Like I finally found my way. Those songs are are terrible to me. But there's really not, I it it this there's is an a, album clash right there. Do you put all for the love of rock and roll less than uh, I finally found my way? Pro, I don't probably not. Probably we not. are one less than fucking freak. Oh. That's a good one right there. I don't know. I don't know what I would do with that. I don't know. But the, yeah, but what I'm saying, the top four songs say Monster is the least. Okay. 
the top the, the the four standout tracks for me on Psycho Circus blow away anything on Monster. It's a tough one for me. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough one for me. Oh. Plus the production on Psycho Circus is 10,000 times better than the production on Monster. All right. It's a tie. Look, it's I, a, look, it's like it's like asking me would I rather be shot or stabbed. That's pretty much what you're asking me right now between the two albums. I got you. I got Rock and Roll Over, Kiss, Paul Stanley, Dress to Kill, Hot in the Shade, Asylum, Animalize, Psycho Circus, Gene Simmons from Kiss, Unmasked. Where do I put Monster? Monster's oh. last. <laughs> I, I knew you were setting me up. I knew you were setting me up. <laughs> Not even a fucking question. Of course. Of course. I love You're All That I Want from Unmasked. I like the Ace songs from Unmasked. I mm-hmm. really like Naked City. I've gotten to like She's So European. I can't stand Shandy and a couple other songs on those pop songs tomorrow and easy as it seems on unmasked, but those other songs are, are better than the top. I like those other songs better than the top four songs from monster. Not even oh, close. No doubt. I mean, there are, there are 10 songs on psycho circus, five of them. I would say I really like, like I would seek out like on a, like on a mixtape. Yeah. I would, there's not like may, may, take me down below and maybe I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of hello. Hallelujah. I'm, I mean, I know we oh, that song rocks. It, it's, it's good. It's good. But, uh, but I yeah, would say six songs for me, Tom, hello, hallelujah. Back to the stonage. I like freak. Take me down below right here, right now. And out of this world, everything else I would not put on a playlist. Yeah. The problem with psycho circus, I said, is for me, the highs are so high. I don't think there's another album in the catalog off the top of my head that I can think of where the highs are so high and the lows are so low. I mean, like the, the, the like I can't think of another album off the top of my head where the where the, there are some sort like we are one and I finally found my way, even like Journey of a Thousand Years, like those are so bad. But then you got, you know, Raise Your Glasses, Pledge Allegiance, Psycho Circus, Into the Void, like those are so awesome. It's just, it's a tough one. And you're right. Maybe that's a future episode. Maybe it's a classic album clash courtesy of uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. So, Tom, I also think that when you get down to it, uh, you go with your gut. Yes. And my gut was monsters going last. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it wasn't even a question for me. No. No. Agreed. So, and, but again, it's a kiss album. So I'm taking that over fucking. Keeper of the Seven Keys or fucking <laughs> Hall of the Mountain King. That is also true. That is also true. Yeah. Well, that's Ugh. an out. That's our monster review. Yep. Let's go over two questions. Tom, you get a question for us. Okay. So I want to give a little shout out here to the people that, that, that gave us questions. Cause you fucking people, we love you to death. Cause when I put out the red button for questions, I got a ton of great ones. And then you guys, our audience is fucking insane. I yeah. mean, so, so what I have to say is, do you want a real question tonight or do you want some a fucking clown question? Give me a clown question. Let's make this episode short. You want, it's too late for that. <laughs> this, 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 this may be our, this is a monster sized episode for the, our, the, isn't this amazing? The, the album that both of us have ranked last is going to be the longest episode probably we've ever recorded. Yep. Oh my God. Okay. Here's a good, here's a question from Sean DeHaan. 
How many tissues did you use both while interviewing Carrie Stevens? <laughs> None during the interview. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. These are the questions we got when I sent out the red button. Well, not, I not a question it. like not a not a question. I haven't answered yet. I'm thinking how to freeze my answer. We didn't not not questions like oh you know what did you think about uh you know MTV unplugged or so, how many fucking tissues did you use while interviewing Carrie? But this is why we love Shonda Han and this is why we love you guys out there. Um, I used none. Okay, I don't use tissues. I'm going to keep my method to myself. Okay, but thank you, Sean, for asking. We're very professional here. Of course we are. I find it offensive, these type of questions. Of course. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to an extended monster size album review episode. Um, If you want to, I expect unbelievable feedback on this, and I hope we get it. So our email address, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast, gmail.com. We're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Send us all of your thoughts, opinions, why we're wrong, why this album shouldn't be ranked last. We have a great uh, Facebook group, the Shout It Out Loudcasters. If, if you haven't been a part of that, jump in. And, uh, let's talk about Monster. Um, our buddy Ed from Click T Shop, he designed our awesome logo. Go to his website, find Shout It Out Loudcast gear um, and other Kiss-inspired stuff. Um, and we're part of the Great Pantheon uh, Podcast Network, too. Um, great podcast there, too. Our buddy Martin Popoff from history and five songs on Pantheon did a review of kiss monster and gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeesh. And I love Martin very well-respected rock journalist, but yikes. Woo. <laughs> I love you, Martin, if you're listening, but yikes on that. But yeah, Zeus, what do you got? No, I just wanted to reiterate some of the facts that you always give out. So we are also now on Amazon music podcast. That's new. I downloaded it on my uh, iPhone. I've always had Amazon anyways, the music and stuff. But I started using the podcast. I like their platform. I will be honest, guys. It is very good. Uh, It makes things pretty easy to navigate. They separate uh, the – you can separate the podcast by seasons. Uh, Anyone's season one, season two, all of them. It's very easy to navigate. I I like it. So – if you want to try a different platform to how to get your podcast, try Amazon Music. We're on with them. We're on all the other podcast platforms. If you can't find us, let us know. We'll get on it. And please keep up the contact. We love getting messages from you. We love the emails. We love the direct messages. You can DM us on Instagram. You can DM us on Facebook and also on Twitter. Uh, our Facebook group, Shout It Out Loudcasters, is consistently growing. Our Facebook page and Twitter page is constantly uh, getting hilarious stuff from you guys, so keep it up. And again, we posted earlier, and we may have said it, that last uh, two weeks ago, our Carrie uh, Stevens interview, in two weeks' time, has been our lo- our number one downloaded episode of all time in just two weeks. That's unbelievable. It wow. Tremendous. You got uh, an article was written about it on brave words. Uh, somebody picked that up. Uh, we love it. And the chemistry with us and Carrie was excellent. You ain't going to find it any better anywhere else. And we'll have her on soon enough. She's out promoting her awesome book. Go out, pick it up. It's fantastic. And uh, thank you guys for making our podcast literally 
the hottest podcast in the land. Again, when oh, Tom yeah. and I started this, this is not what we expected. We thought we'd run a little show here, have some fun, and uh, get our kiss fix. This has grown way bigger than we expected, and it's uh, it's still a lot of fun. It hasn't become work yet. Nope. This is still fun, and we will continue to uh, grow the podcast. We've got a couple of good ideas coming up for season three of our podcast, so look out for that. We still got a ton of great stuff coming up, and uh, for this year too. And keep uh, listening. Make sure you subscribe and and find us on our YouTube YouTube page as well. We have a bunch of subscriptions on there. You can always contact there. Whatever you do to help us out, it's greatly appreciated. And then finally, please, you can go on to podchaser.com. Give us one of those five star Star. child reviews and especially on iTunes, guys. iTunes, the platform there is uh, it's big. If you can go out there and give us a five-star review on iTunes, it helps us move up the, the charts and then brings us to a bigger audience, more participation. More participation probably means we can get bigger and better guests and keep growing the podcast. And uh, we greatly appreciate you guys out there, even the crazy ones. We love you all. Absolutely. Yep. Well said. Well said. And before we let you go, we usually end with famous last words. Tom, what do you got? She took my finger. Here's a button to press. I raised my flag and she dropped her dress. I'll take you on a cruise you'll never forget. She said, we better move because I'm already wet. Poetry, baby. That's what I want from Kiss. Please go to AdamEve.com and get all your products. Exactly. Yep. Promo code LOUDCAST. Don't forget your six spicy movies. Exactly. All right. Tom for mine, Tom. And because this episode is long, I'll leave you with a very long one, Tom. Oh, sorry. It has to go. It has to be this way. I like it. (laughs) Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this mega monster-sized episode. This album deserved it. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.